What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 26 of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at Ready Play Movies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is July 6th, 2021, and I'm your host, Louis Manchaka. And joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Troy Bracey. Yes, yes, we here. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm so excited to be back each week. All right, Troy, you know... We didn't even like do like a topic of the show for like Fourth of July. I don't know if there really is something we could have done, but you know, how was your Fourth of July weekend? Oh man, it was good. It was a, a fun weekend. I went out of town with some friends, and we really just ate and got some drinks and watched fireworks from wherever they were shooting up out there in Austin. <laughs> so it was good, man. It was good. I didn't get to watch as much movies and stuff as I wanted to, and like you know, shows and stuff because I was out and about for the Fourth, but. You know, uh, it was a good week. It was a good weekend for sure. Same thing for me as well. I had like um, some cookouts uh, hey. on Fourth of July all day. It was like a that's lit all day thing. And uh, although I did get to see some movies, kind of, sort of, I'll, I'll get into it much later. Fit some in there. Yeah. Like you know, you put a movie in the background and stuff like that. Of, yeah, like, a cookout kind of thing. So I have a little a little in, uh, uh, story to tell. Like it's a very like five second story, but I'll tell it later at the appropriate segment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had a good time. It was uh, a lot of food, and uh, it was like, and it was also even like a uh, a birthday party on Saturday night. So I'm like, oh, all, man. all weekend was, long was just one big busy. cookout. Yeah, it was like one big turn up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, and start the show. Actually, you know what? My quick housekeeping, actually. I was about to go into the first segment. Uh, so... YouTube is on some host shit. I didn't even end up, I ended up like not being able to uh, publish the video version last week until like closer to midnight. I still got it in on Tuesday, but it was like, Why? because of like all the copyright claims and stuff like that. So here's what's going to happen on the video version. I am not going to play the Frank Sinatra song my way yeah, for, to yeah. play us out. Yeah. Instead, I'm going to add it in post-production for you audio listeners, but for you video watchers, it's just going to, we're just going to skip right past it. And I am not playing any more trailers at all. Like, I was thinking about adding more trailers in for new releases and stuff like that to, like, as we talk over the synopsis. But now, fuck that. I'm not, you know what, all you movie industry people, y'all content climbed your way out of this show, basically. No more, I'm not promoting you, like, the way I, it's just going to be us talking about it. Just yeah. us, like, right here on camera, just talking. And, uh, yeah, it's the only way I can, I can publish it without dealing with copyright claims and stuff. Well, like if they're showing, you talking about like them showing in the background and yeah. talking about it? Yeah. Like I was, I was, uh, you know, us talking over the trailer footage and the trailer was on mute and stuff, but no, that ain't good enough for them. So free promotion for them, no more. So yeah. we're still going to do the, like check this out and talk about the trailers, but you guys, the video watchers won't see it. You actually have to go and check it out because it's not letting me like, you know, just play it for you guys. So that way, hopefully, maybe... Fingers crossed, I can publish it at 8 a.m. first thing with everyone else, like uh, with the audio listeners can listen to it. So, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, let's go ahead and get on to the, the very first segment of the show to, to start things out here. Marty! You've got to come back with me! Where? Back to the future! Yeah, back to the future. So, um, yeah. 
Uh, we haven't done this. I feel like it's been forever since we've done this segment. Yeah, though. man. Dang, I feel like uh, did we skip last month? No, month's? we did. Shit. We did June, so it's crazy. But yeah, we have a whole lot of uh, stuff to talk about here. And you know what? Since it is video, I'm gonna go ahead and put out the my little source of where I get them from. So that way, we're just gonna go over them like piecemeal, kind of, sorta. Uh, so we're gonna go to July of 2016, and let me put the the article up on the screen or, or the website on screen. So yeah, I go to Box Office Mojo. They have like a little um, how do I put it? A uh, a, a little uh, list of like all the movie releases and everything like that. I'm like opening weekends. This is where I go. It's like the one stop shop where I like compile everything. It makes it easy. And uh, yeah, so we're just gonna go over this one at a time, and uh, tell me what you think. So, July 1st weekend, we have 2016, we have The Legend of Tarzan. Was that movie trash? It wasn't that good. It wasn't, it wasn't, I wouldn't throw it under, the, like, the, the garbage kind of bad, but it wasn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't good. I'll just put it like that. But, right. yeah, uh, I remember going to see that movie, too, with Margot <laughs> Robbie and stuff. Her fine ass. She was the main reason I went to see it. Damn. She's not even listed as right here, like, the top the top uh build actress that's crazy that must that's how you know like she done got so much bigger since then because (laughs) there's no way a margot robbie movie could come out these days and not be on the top her her top line or whatever yeah Yeah. the bfg uh five years ago apparently the purge election year came out i didn't realize it's been five years yeah yeah. wasn't that the last purge that came out since yeah i think so yeah yeah because i remember that purge being like having more like black people in it and stuff like that you know like being more hood and shit they were playing like hip hop in the background i'm like what the hell like i thought it was like the the first purge like wasn't that like the like like not the first purge like as in like the movie but i mean like the purge colon the first purge the first purge yeah uh that might have been it i'd be confusing them then that might have been it when did the first purge come out it was the one before that one like this is it was the one before this one oh okay then okay well the fourth purge this was like this the the one that came out in theaters right now is the fifth one that's the fourth one oh okay okay Uh, yeah yeah i think you're right it was the first it was like the prequel yeah yeah you're right i didn't lost track of these damn purge movies like (laughs) i'm gonna go back and look at like how much did the purge make because this movie generated six sequels like in a way this is another fast and furious franchise <laughs> in terms of how many movies they're making like they're not just you know like i could understand the purge being like maybe one sequel or two sequels but i never thought the purge would go to be five six movies and seven movies and stuff like all right let's that, see here that trips me out so yeah, okay. This the purge was the first one. Then there was the purge anarchy. How much the, movie okay. money did the first one make? Okay, you know what? This is right. right. The, the purge election year is the third one. You're right. And then the purge, the first purge, oh, okay. was the prequel that yeah. came out after that after one. After that one, okay. And then the forever purge. Okay, okay, yeah, I guess. So they do one pretty much every uh, two years, like pretty much, except yeah. for that first one. They did a sequel the next year. <laughs> <laughs> and then the forever purge was probably delayed because of COVID. Yeah, because of COVID. But that would have been 2020. Like, man, these movies must really be hits for them to make these kind of like sequels like well that. blumhouse you know they tend to they tend to uh be very like uh budget savvy uh yeah. by the way look at this our kind of trader it's like a limited release movie but look, this this poster right here uh if you see let me see if i can like in, enlarge it here uh i can't really enlarge it but look at this poster and the trader or the cur- there we go actually the courier there we go so let's see synopsis. You see this? <laughs> you see this trailer? This this yeah, poster? Yeah. 
it just kind of feels what? like they just sort of copy and paste each other's yeah, like designs. Like, it does look similar. Like, <laughs> like they said, man, these days people don't put no effort into the posters, man. I remember back in the day, posters used to be the main thing. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here. We got Swiss Army Man, which is the Daniel Radcliffe movie where he was a corpse. Oh, Remember yeah, that one? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was, uh, let's see, uh, The Secret Life of Pets, which I can't believe is five years old. Dang, Kevin Secret Hart. Secret Life of Pets, yeah. Uh, actually, let's see, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, which is a Zac Efron movie. And let's see, I See the Infiltrator, which is a Brian Cranston movie, which I didn't even know about. And Ghostbusters, 2016 oh, Ghostbusters. Oh, snaps. Yeah, I remember that. I, I did not like that movie. That movie wow. was trash. Yeah, I did not like that movie. That was a disappointment. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Ice Age Collision Course. Now, here's the thing about Ice Age movies. Because they have colons and, and t- subtitles underneath them, I don't know if it's the fifth or the sixth or yeah, the third. Yeah, me either. Like, that's like, how it was with The Purge just now. I don't know which <laughs> Purge it was. I don't remember which Ice Age. And so, did Star Trek come out? Beyond? Came yeah, out the same weekend. Star Trek man, Beyond. Man, I, I was a fan of Star Trek Beyond, man. That, that I think that Star Trek Beyond is the most slept on. Uh, out, of, out of the three Star Trek of uh, the new trilogy nah man that's the, the most slept on this Into Darkness was the best one out of all of them well I don't, listen me personally I think Star Trek Beyond is the best but like I can see uh, Into the Darkness people thinking Into the Darkness is the best but what I mean about Star Trek Beyond being the most slept on is that like I think the first and, and the second one are the ones people think of. Yeah. Like they, I think Beyond kind of kind of got swept under the rug. Yeah. But just, I think like it it's like either the best one or second best one. I haven't seen it. It feels like it's just a forgettable action movie. Like a generic action movie. Well, I mean, personally, if if that's a forgettable action movie, then the other uh, <laughs> ones are forgettable action movies to me. Then, like you know, because I listen Star Trek, the Star Trek movies, I'm not the biggest fans of. Like, uh, the, like this, like the J.J. Abrams ones, and I'm like, ah, but they were fun. Yeah, Lights Out. Oh, I was a fan of that. Which one's this one about? Let's this see. was the one, you know, when they turn on the lights, the monster appear. I mean, when they turn off the lights, the monster appear, and they turn it back on, he disappears. Oh, shit. It's the, I think the guy that directed Shazam did that movie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, also, Train to Busan, which I feel like I've been needing, I've been meaning to watch, needing to watch that movie for like a long time. So, I think that. Oh yeah, sure. There's one more weekend here uh, left. Let's see. Oh, apparently the Killing Joke got released as a Fathom event. But oh yeah, I remember that. I, man, that was such a huge disappointment movie. <laughs> the Killing Joke, the animated movie. Oh my god, like, they <laughs> fucked up on that. They had like Batgirl in it, and they had like Batman with a love affair with her. I'm like, what the <laughs> yeah, they they screwed the pooch on that. <laughs> There's Nerve, uh, Jason Bourne, which is uh, you know Matt Damon came back to the franchise, and then yeah, it was up dud. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that movie. Uh, bad moms, and uh, I think that's it. I believe there's nothing more. That's a solid year. A lot yeah. of like big relevant stuff came out that year. All right, we'll go ahead and, and the go- BFG. I like that. Movie. We'll go ahead and stick to the doc here because I don't want to do so much scrolling. So we're just gonna go ahead and just read the list here from the doc. I was gonna say that's much easier. To <laughs> do all that scrolling. All right, now ten years ago, July 2011, Larry Crown, Monte Carlo, Zookeeper, Horrible Bosses, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, Winnie the Pooh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Friends with Benefits, Cowboys and Aliens, The Smurfs, Crazy Stupid Love, hey, and hey. Attack the Block. Listen, Crazy Stupid Love, what a good movie, man. Jesus Christ. Like, I, I really love that movie so much. And This cra- might be, like, the best collection on one month in one go. Like, you yes. got Harry Potter ending, which is, like, an ending on a high note. Captain America 1 was I, but, you know, it's the start of the franchise. Yeah. 
Uh, I like her friends with benefits because uh, the Woody Harrelson stuff, oh, all yeah. the scenes with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crazy Stupid Love might be a classic, and Attack yeah. the Block started John Boyega's career. career I mean, so. uh, it's crazy because Captain America, that first one, I didn't think that like that would that trilogy would end up being my favorite. <laughs> tri- like after that first one, I'm like, yeah, that movie's kind of tr- yeah, wack. Like it's corny and like he's yeah. skinny and it. But then by the time you get the Winter Soldier, it's like damn, this the best fucking <laughs> Marvel movie. And then you get uh, Civil War after that, so it's like that's dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just want to say I watched Cowboys and Aliens in theaters. I didn't and, like it. Uh, yeah, it was such a disappointment, you know. I was, Ford. I, I was so excited for <laughs> it, too. I remember just being like, Damn, that's, 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 that's original. And yeah, that's like that. so new and original. Yeah. And then I was like, Like cowboys are like fighting sci fi shit with lasers. Yeah. Or something. What the fuck? fuck. <laughs> yeah, man, they dropped the ball. Yeah, so there you go. Also, um, I'm sorry, I feel kind of bad for that one. There's a, the, the, the little kid that's in the movie, uh, Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens was uh, he's the same actor that played an uh, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the the M Night Shyamalan directed live action Avatar movie. Oh really? And so between the Avatar: The Last Airbender, oh, man, what a and bad career! Movie, yeah. His career it's died. Done. We're just yeah, on like, I wonder yeah. what he's doing these days. <laughs> Probably it nothing. Ain't, it ain't acting. Like. I haven't seen him in anything since. Yeah, man, that's why you got to pick your movies well. <laughs> Uh, 15 years ago, July 2006, we got Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Do you know which one that is? Mm-mm. That's the second one. <laughs> oh, that's the very second one? Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> I, see, I, okay, I just want to throw this out there, Hollywood. I hate colons and movies and subtitles. Just put a number on it. Iron I, Man 3. Listen, I, you know what? I got to disagree because I feel like it's more fun and original when it's like something, something. Now, it, granted, like when we're trying to figure out which one, we can't, <laughs> we don't know, but it's more fun or like, wouldn't it be more fun when something, and you just say, uh, I don't know, Star Wars 3, or would you say Star Wars Attack of the clones or like you know godzilla <laughs> king the of the new, monsters yeah like king it's funner to have that then and i think that's why hollywood do that for marketing purposes better than just you notice they don't do that no more they used to have spider-man 3 Three. they used to have yeah. like they don't do that no more because i think it's more funner for people like no. what's the title what's the title no Imagine no you know, you know what it is right you know what it is i'm gonna tell you what it is they don't want to put numbers on there because the higher the number like let's just say fast and the furious nine, nine. yeah you know what i mean People don't. It, it almost kind of feels like they're they're taking away certain people from going to watch the movies because they got to see like, oh, I got to see one through eight. Yeah, first. It feel like that. It feels yeah. like that, it. So, I think that that's part of it too. Video I think games that. do that too. Like The Witcher it used to be The Witcher three, but before they released it, they re, they renamed it to The Witcher colon Wild Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't they stop for marketing purposes. They stop referring to it as The Witcher three. Right. So that way, people that are new to the franchise yeah. can buy it as their first Witcher. First game. one. Yeah. Like I I think that I mean to me is smart. I really don't have a problem with it but it's just like because to me it's just super boring especially when you want to speculate like what's the title gonna be because you always look at the title for a hint like does a spider-man far from home you know like oh man he gonna be far from home (laughs) like you know what i'm saying but if you just say spider-man homecoming too it's like oh man uh, you know you disappointed but i understand what you're saying because we we don't have no clue i you know i have no clue yeah they should at least put like two in it like Captain America like, uh, 2, the uh, Soldier, Soldier yeah, 2, uh, yeah. yeah, something, yeah. Like. Yeah, so as, as he gets to, like, these, like, longer movie franchises, like the Purge series, you can't tell oh, which yeah, one's you which. you have no clue. Annabelle Creation, which one was it? I don't know, the first or the Annabelle second Creation one? Annabelle Creation is the second one. <laughs> See? <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> you're right, I think you're right. right. I think you're right, but you had to think yeah, about it. I, I saw you look up yeah, and think about like, it. I didn't know off the dome, for sure, yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so yeah, Dead Man's Chest. I think we. I think I started. I stopped and started on that list. A Scanner Darkly, which is like that, like uh, a Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. Wait, you know, it's like it's like an art style. It's all like rotoscoped or whatever. Not rotoscope. Whatever the fuck that 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 technique is. Uh, you, Me, and Dupree, which is that Owen Wilson movie. Uh, little man, which is the Wayne's brothers movies, you know what? Oh was like yeah, little... what you look? Oh, that yeah. was so stupid. Them, them Wayne brothers, they come up with some original shit. It's just dumb. be so stupid. <laughs> like who give them money? Yeah. Uh, Le- Le- Monster House. Oh, like your favorite M Night Shyamalan movie? Oh, Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. What a terrible movie. God damn, bro. <laughs> My super ex girlfriend. Clerks two, that's a classic right there. I think I've never uh, seen. Uh, I've never seen Clerks Clerk. one is a classic, but Clerks two was uh, was trash. It wasn't trash. It just was a movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, I would say this one's a classic. Little Miss Sunshine. Abigail Breslin's career took off because of that, as well as of course Steve Carell had an indie hit. Uh, the Ant Bully and Miami Vice with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. That's a pairing right there. This was just a bad like <laughs> list in general. Like, oh man, I, I wasn't a big fan of this list. I ain't gonna even lie. John Tucker Must Die. Have you seen that one? I I have, but I can't remember it. Like, oh man, it's like a it's like this one guy who's like a romantic guy. He like he's dating all these women, and then three three women find Fine. out that yeah. they're all dating the same, same guy. guy. Yeah, and so yeah, they have yeah, a I yeah, yeah, that's that's a, I I ain't seen that in a long ass time. I've probably seen that once. <laughs> it's a it's an American remake of a of a of a Spanish film, by the way. Oh, wow. um, I forgot the name of the original movie in Spanish, but I've seen both of them. Um, uh, all right, twenty years ago, it takes us takes us to July of two thousand and one. Uh, Scary Movie Two leads the pack, followed by Cats and Dogs, and then the Jet Li movie Kiss of the Dragon. Uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, Legally Blonde, The Score, which is Robert Downey Jr. and not Robert, Robert De Niro. God damn it, why did I say that? Yeah, Robert De Niro and, and Edward uh, Morton. Yeah. And uh, what's the name too was in that? The uh, the dude that played Godfather. Uh, damn it, what the fuck? Is Marlon Brando. Was Marlon Brando. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Marlon Brando huh. was in that too. Uh, I think I'll get, we have a score on DVD over there somewhere, and uh, it's literally all I, all I think of is Ed Norton and. I don't Robert know if Marlon Brando had a big role. That's probably why I think he just showed up in it. Jurassic Park 3. Now, I'm going to just tell you this right now. I don't think there's ever been a good Jurassic Park movie since only the first one. But I kind of like 2, but that's I admit that's like a guilty movie pleasure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was a fan of 2, but yeah, you, you're pretty much right about that. A lot of people like Jurassic World. I mean, that's why it was such a big hit. I yeah. didn't like it that much, but a lot of people did. Yeah. But I kind of agree. You know, one was the first and only good one masterpiece, <laughs> yeah. you know. America's Sweethearts, which I believe was a Julia Roberts movie. Uh, the Mark Wahlberg, Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I, that one was weird. Like, I remember watching that one. It was, was weird. Uh, directed by, uh, damn, what's his name? Uh, the guy that did the Batman movie. Like, oh, yes. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> dang, I hate when this happens. Uh, uh, all right, let's, let's do it. All no, right. hold on. No, don't do it yet. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Fuck, what is his name? All right, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Come on, think. Don't let him do this. Ah. He works with Johnny Depp in every goddamn movie. I, I cannot think of his name for some reason. All his movies are gothic. That's yeah, I know. I, I know. Like, oh, my all right, God. It's killing go. me. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Apes. Uh, what is his name? Director. Uh, no. Mm, all right. Freak, I cannot think of his name. Tim Burton. There it is. Oh. There it is. <laughs> I hate when this happens, man. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's see. Did I get? Did I cover everything here? Uh, see, Final Fantasy list the score. Yeah, oh, Rush Hour Two. There we go. Rush better than the first one. Right? Yeah, that was like that was one of them rare situations where the sequel is better than the first one, and I like the first one. But yeah, come on now, Rush Hour Two is the best in the whole trilogy. The Princess Diaries, which started Anne Hathaway's career, and Original Sin. Never heard of that movie. All right. Uh, anything you want to say about the 20 year mark? Nah. Except they all trash. <laughs> I love me. A scary movie, too, was actually, I like that one. Yeah, that was. Legally Blonde, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And, and Rush Hour. There you go. The three standouts. Uh, 25 years ago, Independence, Independence Day. Day. Man, that's monumental right there, boy. Like, that was when you say uh, started Will Smith, like, uh, action career that's what did it Independence Day that was a fun movie yeah yeah um, Independence Day was the highest grossing movie of 1996 god damn and, and to be honest like I watched Independence Day like two years ago it don't hold up that well what but not to me it don't hold up as as good but it's still so fun it's still like nostalgia like it's not one of the movies where I'm just like oh it's trash but when you rewatch it it's like like have, when's the last time you seen it uh, probably like in the mid two thousands. That's what I'm saying. Watch it again. You can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, it was airing on HBO, like on TV, when because my dad watches HBO and he watch he flips through the channels. And then I watched the part where he was uh, the Bill Pullman was the president's giving his little pep speech. <laughs> and he's like, "Today we celebrate our Independence Day." Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I I'll give it that one. I, you know, I'll give it. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a monumental movie for sure. Uh, Phenomenon, which was the John Travolta movie where he, like, had certain, like, he basically has, a uh, Limitless, basically. Oh, yeah, I ain't seen that one. You never seen that one? Mm-mm. Oh, damn. He had, like, telekinesis and everything. Man, that's crazy. He learned Portuguese in, on a road trip, like, hey, on a car yeah, ride. Uh, Courage Under Fire. I can't think of that one off the top of my head. It feels mm-hmm. like I should know that title. Uh, Harriet the Spy. I actually did, in fact, watch that movie. I uh, Back in the Kid. I was a, when I was a kid, uh, it was Rosie O'Donnell was in it. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, girl, Rosie. She <laughs> need to make a comeback, man. I miss Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> I wonder why she got blacklisted off of Hollywood, by the way. Know, she was, she was big them, in the 90s. I think she was one of them people that like, used to say controversial shit or something. Like I don't, I don't know. I heard she was about to be racist. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Multiplicity, which is uh, the Michael Keaton movie where he clones himself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, and, uh, I remember that he one. He was like, oh, man, I'm busy. I need another person to take over my Yeah, life. I remember that one. Uh, Fled, never heard of that. Kazam, Shaq. Oh, yeah, that was a terrible the movie. Sh- he's a genie, I Yeah, think. that was, oh, God, that was so terrible. <laughs> but it was so good. That shit was, it's funny. It's so bad, it's good. Uh, the Frighteners, never heard of that one. Mm-mm. Train Spotting, a classic. Yeah, classic. A Time to Kill. Isn't that a classic or no? I a Time know. to Kill. What is that? Oh, is that James Bond? Wait, what is that? Let's see here. Time to kill. I know that. Uh, let's see. Let's see what comes up here. Uh, I feel like I know that. Oh, Matthew. Matthew oh, McConaughey, yeah, Sandra Bullock, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. Movie. I do remember that movie. Yep, I remember that. I don't remember like how the movie went, but I remember that movie. Yeah, Kevin Spacey, old, too. God, that's an old movie right there. Yeah, right. I remember that. All right. Kingpin, which was the one with uh, Woody Harrelson, and he's like trying to hustle on bowling. 
Yeah, I've um, seen The Adventures of Pinocchio, and finally, classic Jackie Chan movie, Super Cop. Super Cop, straight up. You know that one? Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Like, okay, shit, man. It's 1996. Uh, so I ain't gonna lie. Like, a lot of these I don't know, but I know a classic. <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is, I think, before you were born, but I was still born. Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day leads the way. Ooh, on that's the way years. to start off right there, man. What a classic. The second best Terminator movie of all time. Ah, the best Terminator movie Shit, of all I time. Shit, I like the first one better. I'm always, I always said that. I love, the sequel was better than the listen, original. Listen, I ain't gonna lie. Most people agree with you, but I'm one of these rare dudes that I like the first, because the first one... It was horror. It was an actual yeah. horror movie. A lot of people don't give it credit for being a straight up horror movie. It wasn't That's like an action had, movie. Yeah. yeah, it was like horror with like sprinkles of action. The second one came just straight up like an action yeah. fun movie. I love Terminator 2. It's a masterpiece, but I'm one of the people that love the first one a tad bit better. Yeah, I wonder if like the franchise would have been like better off for never having done a movie after this movie. Well, I, I agree. I think they shouldn't have never done a, Terminator, a Terminator Three, 3 yeah, the machines, unless they did it like salvation. unless they did it like years later, ten years later, and then did some like cool. But yeah, man, like really, if you think about it, Terminator hasn't been good since, since the second Terminator. <laughs> like every single Terminator, Genesis, and Genesis, all of, all of them been just bad, bro. Like and it just ruined just a masterful franchise. Dark Fate, oh Dark Fate, screwed oh. over the ending of this movie. And dark and like how you bring. <laughs> Back uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for two movies and then fuck both of them up. Like, <laughs> Jesus, because you fuck up Genesis and you fuck up Dark, Dark Fate. Fate. Like, oh my God, bro. If I was Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'd be like, I'm never coming back again. This shit is over. <laughs> um, so we'll see Terminator 2 later on in uh, one of the segments, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Problem Child 2, Point Break. Which is the the genesis, the real genesis of Fast and the Furious, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> point. I remember Point Break because they was more on like uh, uh, motorcycles or shit. No, they were they were surfing. They oh, were surfing. surfing. Okay, okay. I think the motorcycle was the remake. The oh, okay, break, okay. Break, that's why I'm. Th that's break why break I got it confused. Yeah. Uh, oh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. What? A <laughs> you know, I like that. That's a classic right there. One of my favorite movies ever. Uh, Boys in the Hood got nominated Cuba for Gooding Jr. And who else was in it? Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, uh, yeah, Lawrence Ice Cube. Yeah. I mean. Uh, it got nominated for an Oscar Best Picture. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't realize that. I don't remember that. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. See, people think just because it was so hood, but you gotta realize <laughs> it was still a solid movie. Yeah, it got nominated Best Picture. Uh, regarding Henry, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Now that's the second Bill and Ted, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, in my opinion, which is actually not even a hot take, really. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was the first movie, and it was way better than this one. Uh, Dutch mobsters another you uh v warshawski i don't know what that is life stinks and hot shots i know what hot shots is only because of the second one hot shots part two yeah charlie sheen action comedy uh parody movie stuff like that so uh we're not work pretty much i think that was it as far as like the good stuff because i don't think i don't i don't think i know much of anything else beyond that so 35 years ago i wasn't even born 1986 july psycho 3 the great mouse detective the great mouse detective and i was wrong classic movie big trouble in little china oh yeah big oh my god that's that's like that's an all-time great right there 
You know, I never seen the movie, but you never early, seen it. Earlier today, my friend lent me lent me his his copy of the Bro, movie. Bro, you gotta watch I that. So many movies are like based off of this today, and it's like it's it's so fucking dark. And it's like I hear like the Batman is gonna be like have influences from this movie. Yeah, so, so. I'm, I I have it. So maybe I'll watch it between now and next week, and I'll give you guys impressions. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good I, one. I right saw there, I saw man. I saw like the cover art had like uh, Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall. Yeah, yeah. Kim Cattrall of Sex and the City fame. By the way, so. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good ass uh, movie right there. Kurt Russell at his best when he was a youngster. <laughs> yeah, Under the Cherry Moon, Club Paradise. Okay, all time classic. Aliens. aliens, man, Aliens is so good. Like, I, and speaking of Aliens, that movie still holds up to this day. Like, yeah. and that that movie is a, a real big achievement because you think of way back then, like they was able to do special effects, and it still holds up. Like, and that's they did a good job again, making it more like a horror like type of. Did, you, did you, they go action with this one? Because Alien mm-hmm. One was horror. I know that because like yeah. in the Alien, the first Alien movie when they, they did the first like scene mm-hmm. where they they didn't even tell the actors and they were reacting. Really? Yeah, yeah. Course, I mean, and Alien was so clever because they did it where they, they did one of the first movies where they kill off the person you think is going to be the main oh, character. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. That's her. She's the main character. And like, you know, yeah. so it was a genius. Man, What a, it was just a good movie, man. So, yeah, it. Aliens was the sequel. And I remember the moment where, like, he was saved. She was, Sigourney Weaver was saving the little girl. And he's like, she comes out in this, like, Iron Man suit yeah. thing. And she's like, get away from her, you <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> that shit was been parodied so many times. Yeah, for real talk. <laughs> I love aliens, man. She just straight said it. Like they, they, that's like an all-time classic. Scene. All-time classic. Right there. <laughs> I never heard of this one, but it's just called Pirates. That's it. Just Pirates. Uh, Vamp, Out of Bounds, Maximum Overdrive, Haunted Honeymoon, Heartburn, and Flight of the Navigator, which, by the way, is on Disney Plus. And it was one of the very first things I ever watched on Disney Plus. Really? We were we we had just bought the Disney Plus subscription, and I was with my my, my brother's house, and we were just like casually looking through their catalog because yeah. back then it was just Mandalorian yeah. and back catalog. Yeah. And so uh, my brother Juan was like, uh, he we were looking through it, and he saw Flight of the Navigator. He's like, oh, I saw this as a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, let's go ahead and put it on. We got time to kill. And so we sat we sat there and watched the whole fucking movie. Would y'all like it? Yeah, I thought it was actually pretty good. That's like, I don't up. know if it holds up today by today's standards as bad special effects and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's about a kid that, like, literally falls over into a ditch. And then he wakes up the next morning and he finds out it's been, like, seven years later. <laughs> that he, he's still, like, the same age. God and, like, damn. his younger brother is now his big brother. Damn, and that's then, like, on Spider-Man Homecoming yeah, shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, Spider-Man, far from home, or Homecoming. Yeah, so he's, like, time-traveled, and he's like, what the hell? And then there's, like, an alien there, and, you know, he's trying damn, to, like... All that. He's trying to go and time-travel back to his original timeline, you know? So, oh, okay. So, yeah. That's crazy. And they were, like, the parents were like, you've been missing for so many years, oh, my God, and all that stuff. And, yeah, so there you go. All right, we're just going to go ahead and run through the last bit here. 40 years ago, never heard of SOB, The Fox and the Hound. I feel like that's a, that's a book or something. Escape from New York is a classic. That's Kurt Russell right there. Uh, Arthur, Endless Love, Eye of the Needle, Blowout, Under the Rainbow, and Victory. Only thing I know about is Escape from New York. Yeah, right? only thing I know about Escape from New York, and I haven't even seen it because I think that's uh, in the – uh, movies from like Escape from it's like a bunch of them. Escape. No, there's only two I think. There oh, was two. the uh, was Escape from New York, and then there was a 1991 something or 1990 something sequel, Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I I've never I heard of both of them. Never seen either one of them. I've seen I've not seen either of them, but I've seen them like when I was a child. My mom, mom and dad would watch it, and it was on TV. And mm. I saw Kurt Russell in a motorcycle and explosions and shit. So yeah. he's got an eye patch on. And yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, 45 years ago, it takes us to July 1976. It was the party at Kitty and Studs, which is a Kurt Ru- not Kurt Russ, a Sylvester Stallone movie, by the way. So, Damn, I bless Sylvester Stallone. Oh. And, and by the way, I think this movie was a porno, if I'm not mistaken. So they had, I think this is what started his career. Damn, at a porno. Uh, Gus, The Shootist, and Swashbuckler. I think one of them was a John Wayne movie. I think it's The Shootist is a John Wayne movie. And 50 years ago, I never heard of this, but it's called The, pa- the Panic in Needle Park. So let's go to that one here. And I think it was actually uh, a sem- semi-interesting cast here. So July 1976 is, oh, wait, yeah, yeah, no, wrong one, 71, 71. All right, Al Pacino. Oh, shit, Al Pacino was in that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's what it was. Let me go to 1981 here, and I just want to say that the this one, where is it at, where is it at, where is it at? Where is it at? Uh, uh, Victory. All right, this one is starring Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. Damn, that's crazy. That's wait, interesting go up, Tarzan came out in 81? It was a Tarzan movie? Eh. Tarzan, that ape man? Never heard of it. Damn, that's crazy. So, yeah. Oh, by the way, Zorro the Gay Blade. <laughs> the Gay Blade. I hate the fucking name. The Gay Blade. Like, and that was back when it was like homophobes everywhere. Why would they call it that? Like, they like, ooh, who want to go see the Gay Blade? <laughs> it's funny how you just highlighted that. Like, you see that. Oh, the Gay Blade. <laughs> I, I didn't put it on the on the dot. Oh, yeah. By the way, yeah. I like okay. I'm not gonna put that on there. And yeah. so since we were on that page, just you're now, like fuck it. I'm just gonna like, highlight the gay blade. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible name. <laughs> Let's see that get released on like Amazon Prime or something like that. <laughs> if they release it on Disney, they be done changed the name. <laughs> the Happy Blade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, we'll go ahead and move on to impressions. There's no sound effect for that, so let me just switch our... There we go. There. All right, so for impressions, uh, I, we both watched Loki episode four. Uh, yeah. So let me tell you this. Were you, uh, we're going to go ahead and just talk spoilers. We're going to assume that everyone here has watched it. You can look at the time code on the, on the show notes uh, for the next thing that we talk about so that we don't have, if you haven't seen it, uh, Loki or anything like that. So... Let me ask you this. I'm going to go straight to the ending. Did you watch the post credit scene? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, did you? Uh, did you? Uh, did you think that they were going to like maybe like skip an episode where where Tom Hiddleston wasn't in episode five and he comes back in episode six? Yeah, because I mean, when he first actually, I'm not going to lie. Like I thought for a second that Marvel was getting real bold and was going to kill Loki and then make the rest of the show to like the last two episodes about the girl Loki yeah. because technically that's still Loki. So yeah. it's like, you know, it makes sense. And uh, like, I just enjoyed the surprise factor. Like, damn, they killed Loki and I know they could bring him back some other way or something. So that's what I thought they were going to do. But uh, once you see the post credits and you know, like they don't die when that happened, they just go to some other dimension or some shit. Yeah, everyone, I was thinking that they've made it seem like you're just deleted out of existence or whatever. That's what I thought. And I, and I was thinking like back, uh, back when the first episode, when they did that, I was like, damn, Disney, like, this kind of funny. y'all just killing this. Like, oh, exactly. like, the, the guy that got like, yeah, the line, yeah. yeah but, like, but this make now this makes more sense. Like yeah. okay, like they just go somewhere. They don't like get erased and die. They go somewhere else. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, basically like their version of Sakaar. It's like a little dumpster. Right. Where, like, yeah. yeah, they just dump them there. They dump them out of existence, but they're in this little whatever they at. I don't know, whatever it is. That's why I can't wait for the next episode. That's crazy. It's like, I honestly thought that like whenever they had Owen Wilson get deleted, I was like, damn, that was, shit was real. Because like, yeah. I couldn't think of any trailers where he's, he's in some footage or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit. Like, Owen Wilson, gone. Yeah, like, like and I mean, and I ain't going to lie, man, like, 
I, this episode to me was a masterpiece. This episode was the best episode of the whole series so far. It was a masterpiece. It has a lot of my criticism solved because, like, I I, I was telling you last week about how, like, oh man, this is slowed down, but no, they accelerated the pace. Yeah, it's almost like they jumped to like because I think they realized the last episode was so much slower, which is I love still love that episode even though it got a lot of complaints, but I think they knew they had to you know put it in the next episode take off. Yeah, master gas. But I you know the one thing if I would complain about it is. You know, um, I like the idea of them killing my favorite character in this show, which is uh, Owen Wilson's character, uh, whatever the fuck Morbius. Is. Uh, Morbius. 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 Morbius, yeah. He's my favorite character. And I like the idea of him killing him because it kind of puts stakes in it. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, shit, this shit real. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you immediately find out that he ain't dead and Loki yeah. ain't dead and probably whoever else done got erased ain't erased or whatever. So it kind of made took away that feeling of like, Oh man, anybody can go or like that feeling of like, oh shit, this shit done got real. They killing people off. It kind of took that away, but th- it don't matter. That's not really a big deal. The episode was a masterpiece in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. So I just I kind of feel like the 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 one part that was a little like a little sus was the uh the fight when everyone was like doing the little baton fight at the end. Oh it yeah. It was a little whack. I the, mean, the one the like, one they, they were like they were they were hitting each other like bah, instead of like poking them with yeah, the eraser. Instead of instead of erasing yeah, them. Yeah. But but that that kind of brings up like a little bit of a like a minor problem I had with the show. Like I feel like their power scaling is off. Like <laughs> when when they first showed Loki felt like a little hum, like a yeah. human. He was yeah. a bitch. He couldn't yeah. do nothing. And next thing you know, when by the time they show the the woman Loki, Siri, I mean what's her name? The uh, Sylvie. Sylvie. Once they show Sylvie, she's a badass whooping their ass. So I'm like like, what the hell is going on here? Because, like, at first they made Loki look like he couldn't do nothing. To, you know, the first two episodes, like, Loki, he was just a regular human pretty much. Yeah. Like, that's how much they, how they made it. And then by the time they showed Sylvie, she was whooping all their ass like she's a god, like she's supposed to be. And then when you get to this, now they're both fighting and stuff. So I'm like... Yeah, sometimes when they fight, they fight, like, their human strength. And then sometimes when they fight, they have superhuman strength. They have strength. superhuman strength. Like, even the episode, last episode, when, like... Like Loki turns around and stops a big ass yeah. train. I'm like, if you can do that, like, <laughs> why can't you just whoop all the ass? Like, yeah, yeah, like, where's all your powers? It's like, it's well, almost in the like, powers. There's no powers in the time. Under the time, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, even from a, like a uh, just a being a badass, like whoop their ass. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like in Avengers one, like. Loki clearly had superhuman strength. He was bullets were bouncing off of yeah. him. He was literally like four strong. Strong, you know? yeah. Like and he and, was beating the shit out yeah. of like those uh dudes that was running up on him. Like he yeah, and so now it's like, oh now he can't do like he's just hurt. it's like for <laughs> convenience sake, okay, we need Loki to listen and be good, so we're gonna make him weak. And in this scene, we need him to be a badass, so he got his powers back. And in this scene, so, so that's one of the things that's kinda throw me off a little bit. But yeah. that's that's a like a nitpick. Shout out to Lady Sif coming back in a cameo. Oh yeah, that so, was funny. Very was funny. Good, yeah, good scene. kept getting uh, rewinded and shit. Like. Yeah, just breaking him down, but building him back up, kind of thing. So yeah, that was a good one. And yeah, so overall, like the show is definitely hitting its stride, and I'm mm-hmm. excited for episode five. Man, so far, like I'm not gonna lie, so far I still got Wandavision as the best uh, um, out of all the series, the Marvel series so far. But if if these next two episodes can stick to landing, I'm gonna put Lo- Loki's gonna surpass it for me. Like I was gonna be Loki number one and Wandavision because Wandavision kind of disappointed me a little bit yeah. because the ending, the ending, yeah. yeah. And but if this could stick to landing, 
I'm gonna have this at number one because I loved every single episode. It's not been one episode that I haven't liked yet. So if they could stick to landing with the last two episodes and really we could see that, you know, and I and I can't wait to see who the timekeepers are. Like I, I feel like that's got to be some kind of big reveal because yeah. how can that not be? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like so, I'm just excited. Yeah, everyone's like thinking it's gonna be King of the Conquerors stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's like if they pull that bullshit on this one, where like that they. they with uh, WandaVision and it's just nobody or no shit like with this it's gonna be even more disappointing because you literally talking about someone controlling existence like you know what I'm saying destiny and everything destiny yeah so um, if you just have it I don't know if you do some cheap shit where it don't really matter or something like that then that's gonna be disappointing my theory is that it's Loki that this is another like a you know what I'm saying another version of Loki that's doing all of this that's my prediction I've seen that prediction too, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, but I will say this: that uh, it's crazy to think that my most anticipated Marvel film or Marvel uh, Disney Plus show was uh, my third place finisher, because uh, I actually did had uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier is my most anticipated. Most anticipated, and you have it at third. I, have it at I third thought right you now. had it over Wandavision. Um, I think I might have like finally like changed because I think I was like the more I'm away from it, yeah, like, the yeah, more I can, yeah, like, you could kind of see it for, like, yeah, for what it is, well, what know? it is, yeah, yeah, like um that that show really uh, end up saving itself for me because that like the ending got better, the, so, yeah, ending, the ending got, got so good that it <clears throat> it evened out because at first it was like uh, I ain't really liking the show, but the ending it almost saves it, to, it like it made a comeback and yeah. like was good. But WandaVision was good all the way to the end, and I was kind of like, yeah. And end. this one's been the one so far. Every single episode is landing. Is landing. Yeah. So if they could just stick to landing, then there's gonna be a masterpiece of a show. Okay. All right. The only thing I watched, um, and I won't really stick too long, is I watched Rick and Morty. Um, there was oh, an yeah, episode Rick on Rick and Morty where, like, um, I guess I'll, I, I won't try to spoil it too much, but basically, like, the premise is that uh, the family has a decoy family living uh, in case they die. They know this time to run away and start, like, packing your shit. Yeah, yeah. So it was a crazy-ass uh, thing. And I don't. I got to say that I've been seeing a lot of mixed reaction <clears throat> online about, you know, whether or not people actually liked the episode or thought the episode was bad. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle because I actually do think that I actually enjoyed watching the show. But one thing I noticed is that, like, this was, like, the one episode I can think of where I didn't have a laugh-out-loud moment, which is mm. crazy because, like, that show is usually, like, top-notch. I mean, it's, it's like, it's been so long. I mean, I know it was a point in time where they were saying there's no more going to be no more Rick and Morty. I remember, like, it was, like, a, a point where that was a big thing. Like, people were like, man, no more Rick and Morty. So it's been so long. I just hope they haven't fell off or lost that niche, you know, that they had. I'm hoping that's not the case. Well, they've been renewed. They re- Back when they were, like, reached episode 30, they got renewed for 70 episodes. And that's, like, a lot of seasons. I feel like seven seasons worth mm. um so they got both renewed and stuff like that because one of the things about rick and morty is there was a two-year hiatus between right. one season and another season yeah and the reason why is because uh because of animation and all that stuff like that it takes so long to produce mm. that they literally have to get ordered well in advance so they can start producing these episodes and stuff mm. like that so um and also um i gotta give a quick uh, little like shout out or against a shout out to against myself here because um 
My last week on new releases, I did not cover the Tomorrow War. I completely forgot Damn. to check Amazon Prime's new releases. Damn. Uh, I think, again, there is not one. Uh, there is not a one-stop shop where I can go to on a website where it's like, here's everything coming out. Yeah. I have to go to multiple sites. And I forgot to double-check Amazon Prime, which is also... I feel really dumb because I went back and watched uh, two episodes ago, episode number 24. And I said on episode 24, I was like, oh, yeah, the Tomorrow War is coming out for epi- uh, oh, yeah, episode 25. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like... Oh, and then you missed out. Missed but it. you made up for it because you watched the Tomorrow War. So I'm sure that means more than, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than just mention it. So you at least you made up for it. Yeah, so the Tomorrow War, I just want to give some quick, uh, some quick thoughts, stuff like that. Number one, uh, Chris Pratt, you know, he's a movie star. That's yeah. literally like he, yeah, he no can question. carry stuff. No question. Uh, J.K. Simmons got buff. He got some arms on him, some guns on him. For what the fuck? I'm like, was, for him to be there, so old, he a beast. I ain't gonna he, lie. he in there. He had a muscle shirt on and his arms were showing and everything. God like that. damn. Like, for him to be so old, man, he is a beast. And he did an action. He did an action scenes too, by the way. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, um, I just want to say that uh, you got to pay attention to the movie because. There were a lot of setups that happened early on in the movie that came back later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that some of the setups were a little silly for me. Like I got it got like a little it it got into cheesy territory oh, where yeah. like okay I'm gonna give you like a little minor plot beat. There's this one character that was like annoying uh, in a classroom. Uh, he's 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 all into something. He's into a a, a very specific subject matter. And everyone's and finds him annoying as fuck and like, oh, shut the hell up, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then after the, the movie happens and stuff like that, they were like, okay, what the, how can we explain that this happened? And they're like, wait, I know an expert. And they go back to that same annoying kid. And I'm like, oh, come on. Man. Oh, yeah, I hate that kind of, you know me. I hate that kind of shit. <laughs> Why? Bro. What's the with that? I, I hate, because I hate when, like. They set something up that blatantly obvious. Yeah, that, that obvious. And then it's like, come on, man. And then on top of that, you have an annoying character that is like, you can't tell that, if anything, the get this character away or make the character less annoying, you just gonna, you know, live and die off this character. He's an exposition dump, I will say that. Yeah, so, like, I I hate those type of shit, so, (laughs) I don't know. So, they did a lot of that where, like, they they were doing this, like, I don't know how to explain it, but they were... They were doing this wild goose chase, and they're following a trail, and they're going through, like, these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, some of the logic is a little off. Like, I was, like, saying things out loud with with the people I was watching the movie with. I was like, why are they doing this, or why aren't they doing that, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a and lot I'm of like, those. There's yeah. a lot of logic gaps, and there's a lot of things that they did that's extremely hella dangerous to do mm-hmm. within the context of the, of, the, the, of, the, of the movie and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where... Things can go sideways so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, I mean, the movie was pretty good. It was very, uh, it was very uh, classic action movie. Was it fun? That's it was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely fun. Uh, there was definitely a lot of death. Like, a lot of humans died, and they didn't. Chris Pratt's character didn't seem to uh, get affected by it much. And mm. I'm like, damn, he he literally killed his whole squad. And like, he's his only soul. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, a sole survivor. Yeah. And like, I, see I, that that's one of the things that annoy me. Like, I be wanting characters to like them to take the time for the characters to acknowledge the stuff that happened. I yeah. hate when movies are so quick and so like paced, and where they gotta like 
you know, like annoy, uh, avoid scenes where you know a character might cry because his friends were lost, or a character might sit back and reminisce. Like those moments are always necessary, but those be the moments that get cut out a lot of yeah. times. There's unfortunately, this, there's this part where they're like getting in a car, driving away, and everyone else is left behind. Like literally, <laughs> everyone was left to die, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, goddamn. Like, okay, so as long as you're a main character, that's uh, all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably how they were thinking shit. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to say that um, overall, like I could say, it's it's a fun movie. It's I can see why it ended up on Prime. I'm not entirely sure I would have been happy if I paid to go see movie. Uh, see, mm. it in see it in theaters. Yeah. But I was pay- I was happy to go pay and see Fast Nine. So you know whatever. Oh, take my word. I-, I would say like yeah, it's definitely better than Fast Nine. Uh, That's good. I'm glad you admit that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's all I got to say about the Tomorrow War, and I'm going to be reading the Tomorrow War synopsis during new releases to make up for it. And also, the Tomorrow War retroactively gets uh, the pick of the week from last week, since I didn't have it there. Alright, we'll go ahead and move on to the news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Alright, so for the uh, for the news, we got a couple of uh, some semi-pretty big stuff that is borderline, uh, some of them are borderline not even movie related. Uh, and we'll get to it here uh, pretty pretty soon here. But we'll first start off with, I would say, the bigger, the bigger story. It would probably be about the Directors Guild of America. They are putting out some rules here, and I wanted to get your take on this one. Uh, so the Directors Guild of America sets a 2022 rewards date and then reinstate a theatri- exclusive theatrical uh, run rule. So the 74th annual DGA awards are set to take place on March 12th. The Guild announced on Tuesday. The DGA National Board also reinstated its requirements of an exclusive theatrical run, which was temporarily suspended due to uh, pandemic-related theater closures for the DGA Theatrical Feature Film Award. The rule, which was first introduced in 2019, requires that films released after uh, after June 15th, 2021, have an exclusive theatrical run of at least seven days prior to any other exhibition. Movies released via other distribution platforms such as streaming services on the same day and date they hit theaters are not eligible for the Guild's top award. For theatrical feature films released between March 1st and June 14th, 2021, the pandemic exception will still apply. Uh, The DGA also announced that the eligibility period for the top awards runs from March 1st to December 31st, 2021. Quote, after uh, after over a year of darkness, theater marquees uh, lighting up across our nation have been a welcome sight for our healing communities, said DGA President Thomas uh, Schlame. We celebrate the return of the important role that theatrical cinema plays in bringing together audiences as they collectively experience films as the filmmakers intended them to be viewed. As the 2020 DGA Awards, Chloe Zhao took home the Theatrical Feature Film Award for Nomadland, which also earned her this year's Academy Award for Best Director. So um, the 94th Annual Academy Awards. Oh, damn, they already have Academy Awards dates for March 27th, which is two weeks after the DGA. So there we go. So Troy, what are your thoughts on this rule? Do you think this rule is fair? Uh, um, what do you got going? What do you got? Well, so I think the part that's fair is the theatrical thing. Like the seven days 
Uh, The movies have to have at least a seven-day theatrical run. I think that's fair, mainly because there's so many movies these days. There's so many streaming services, independent movies, Hollywood movies, that if you don't make that rule, then it's so many movies you got to consider qualifying, which is you. there's no way. There's too many, you know what I mean, all these different streaming services. So if you make them at least have a seven-day run, that eliminate so many different people or force them to like have to like put their stuff in theater so for me that makes sense and it's fair they didn't say like oh you need a 30 day run because if you're a small independent you know uh company you might not be able to afford to have a 30 day run in theater so they made it fair enough to where it's like you could qualify but you need to at least do this i like that now to me to me it ain't fair because if you're gonna have uh, for the streaming service thing how they do the day and date thing like to me that ain't fair if it's in theaters in theaters like just because it's also on a streaming service if it's in theaters too like it still should qualify you know you can't just say oh but you can't release it on your own specific streaming service to me that's just being petty like that's kind of saying like are you streaming service people make sure y'all do y'all part like but it's like if they're putting it in theaters they're doing their part like it's in theaters you know what i'm saying so uh, I really don't get the point. Like literally, from like from a qualifying standpoint, why does that matter if it's playing on TV as well? You know what I'm saying? Now it's different if they try to put like debut it on TV for the first month, then put it in theater for like seven days, and then that's cheating to me. But <laughs> but to like have it, you know, debut on television or on their streaming service, but then also debut in theaters too. To me, that you know, that like let that qualify. So that's how I look at it. So for me, like I'm a little uh, negative on this news in the sense that uh, the exhibition and releasing, like that whole game has changed drastically. That COVID could just basically open up Pandora's box, and you can't go back to the old ways. Um, What? Like as far as like exhibition being like, how do you release something? Like ever since COVID happened. And people are like debuting straight to like streaming services or straight to digital. You can't go back to like, all right, we're gonna stop doing all these stuff and we're gonna go back to just what yeah. I, I disagree you with. Revert, that. You can't just revert back to that. People's yes, habits you, have changed. No, but that's only I disagree with that, man. That listen, same way people have stopped going to grocery stores for a while, but then when the grocery stores came back and everything got in order, they start going to grocery stores again. The same way uh people had to wear masks before they could enter a store, and then after a while that changed, now you don't gotta wear a mask no more. Like just because we had a small time of things being norm uh, different doesn't take away the hundreds of years that something's been a specific way and then you say only for a certain amount of months that oh it can never be how it was for hundreds of years before I think to me I just disagree with that concept. I've, I've known a couple of people that are like even said it earlier at the at the cookout I was at they were like saying yeah like I don't want to go back to the movies anymore all these things are coming out on like thing I'll just wait. To well I here. mean those are specific people yeah. but like the, I'm we, saying us, their habits are no longer accustomed to going to the theater. Yeah but like the, yeah there, there's, there's specific people that's gonna be like that but I mean that's you can see these box office numbers show you that it's a lot of people that can't wait to get back in theaters so it's not like the vast majority of people out there are like uh you know i'm used to a pandemic i'm gonna just watch it all no like i mean they've come accustomed to it just like with anything you kind of get used to something like you you're not going to be used to going back to work <laughs> for a while because you done got used to being at home but the reality is things go change back to normal so i just disagree with you on this one mm, well like as far as like I don't know. As far as like money making models and things like that, I'm just seeing a situation where like 
executives aren't going to just, you know, try to revert things or force force things back to the way they were. Um, but with that being said, um, there is something to say that, you know, Dune won't qualify for the Director's Guild of America. If it goes to the HBO Max and the well, at the same didn't time. they say a specific date after uh, after August twenty twenty one? Oh, but remember That's we after, but but we, Dune comes out in October. But remember, we already got the news that Dune is going to be exclusively in theaters. Remember, we talked it's about that. Well, oh, okay. It's well, I mean, still. it hasn't I, been confirmed officially. Yeah, so I mean, that depends on. I mean, and, but no, but everything Warner Brothers is putting out, everything Warner Brothers is putting out is HBO Max, except for Dune being the rumor. At yeah. This point. Well, I mean, uh, and that'll be they just can't whatever these movies are ain't gonna be able to qualify for this year. That's a whole lot of movies. I mean, but that's their fault. But but literally, remember all of the uh, um all the backlash they got for doing that dumbass <laughs> shit. Like like, like they the ones that chose to do that. It's yeah. not like that's something where they was like, oh look, we had to do this because of the pandemic. Like they chose to say, look, all our movies are coming out simultaneously. Nolan was pissed off about that. The director of Doom was pissed off yeah, about that. Their, a lot of their peers, a lot of the the actors was pissed off about that. So that you know, they're this is a part of the, them having to deal with the consequences of making that dumbass decision. You know, and that's only for this year. It ain't like they announced that they're doing that for the rest of eternity. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, but like just to put it to you this way, like uh, Denis de la, uh, Villeneuve, yeah, doesn't have say. Like he doesn't have ultimate say. No, yeah. as to whether or not his stuff is theatrical exclusive he's right. a director not a producer or an executive right so what i'm saying is he's gonna be shafted out of being nominated potentially shafted out of being nominated for an award that he could deserve yeah if because of some fuckery yeah but that, uh, and exactly and that's whose fault his, his <laughs> Warner, Brothers. Warner Brothers yeah that's not and that's partially why he was so pissed at them you know what I'm saying but you can't be missed, pissed off the DGA for their rules you know what I'm saying that's like Warner Brothers listen the DGA can't make rules based off what Warner Brothers did. Like, oh, yeah, well, let's make this rule. Wait, wait, Warner Brothers decided that they're... they're All of the movies are... Yeah, so, you know, to me, like, like, if Warner Brothers are smart, if they know they have a great uh, Oscar-worthy movie for that specific movie, don't put that debut one on... What's the name? Yeah, HBO Max. Let it get that theatrical run. That way you get your Oscar nominations. You can get your uh, buzz, your DGAs, and get everything you need. Boom. Solve problem solved. You know, so... (laughs) That's them. That's on them. If they want to still do that and release it and not let it get qualified for this, I mean, that's that's a decision they're going to have to make. Yeah, but there's also like a lot of other movies that I mean, Warner Brothers even puts out Oscar bait movies and stuff all the time. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to have a lot. So they're going to have a lot of those that we just don't even know about yet. And then Mm -hmm. also like every movie that comes out on Disney Plus Premiere Access or whatever, like if if they come out later in the year or. You know, there's a lot of movies that just comes out, like we talked about, like the Boss Baby on Peacock. I mean, the thing like, is, like, uh, one of the things Warner Brothers might do is they might just say, look, let's skip the, as long as we get, you know, the Academy Awards, you know, as long as the Academy don't put out a rule like yeah. that, yeah, maybe we can, you know what I'm saying, skip the, this year. You know, who knows if the, they feel like it's important enough. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to just throw it out there. Like, for me, I'm a little bit more negative on this news because... When it comes to directors, directors don't have say over exhibition. Unless you're a Quentin Tarantino, you don't really have that that, kind of power. That is a good point because, you you know, the directors are basically not being able to qualify for something they don't have control over. But it's always been that way to a certain degree. So (laughs) it's it's just more obvious this time. It's more obvious now, yeah. Yeah, so. so, And I'm I'm like, think about last year or like whatever. There was a lot of indie movies like Nomadland that debuted on Hulu or something like that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. 
So uh, it's just something to think about. And I really feel like the DGA didn't really put that much thought into discretion when it comes to like how many people are you going to be eliminating and who is going to be affected. Um, so yeah, just just throwing that out there. And also, I don't even think I ever put the article up on screen. <laughs> so yeah, anyways, uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the next one. A Chinese propaganda film, 1921, is set to release in the US and the UK. So uh, yeah, apparently uh, a big budget mainland Chinese propaganda film uh, is coming to English-speaking countries. So it says here that the film enjoyed a wide general release in mainland China for Thursday as part of its ongoing celebration of the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party of China. It is primarily backed by Tencent Pictures. You know, everyone knows who Tencent is. And is co-directed by Wang Jianzin and Zhang Dasheng. Uh, international, uh, international rights sales are handled by Hong Kong-based Media Asia and deals with were confirmed at the end of the pre-CANS week of online screenings. The company licensed 1921 to Smart Cinema for North America and uh, Trinity Filmed Entertainment for the UK and Middle East. Um, so yeah, there's that. And I don't really see anything here about a release date. It says here, Smart Cinema is Chinese owned tech firm which specializes in a form of distribution to mobile devices that it characterizes as online theatrical releasing, just like releasing in theaters. It sells tickets for one-time screenings that occur in the theatri exclusive theatrical releasing window ahead of a more general online home entertainment and video distribution. What the fuck? Anyways, whatever. Let me see if here it says here, in Chinese theaters, 1921 easily topped the box office charts in the first two days of release. It earned $12.6 million on Thursday and $6.74 uh, million. Hmm, I don't know what day. But anyways, it, is had, it had included an uh, extensive paid preview screening, which accumulated $32.1 million. So it doesn't say anything in this article about when it's going to come to the U.S. as far as the release date. So, but either way, though, it, it's, a, it's a movie that's literally set in 1921, which is a movie about the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. It is definitely like a we're so awesome movie, stuff like that. And I'm not sure how I feel about uh, a propaganda film coming to the United States. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Troy? Uh, I personally love it. Um, really? Yeah, I love it because I mean, listen, I don't, I haven't seen the movie. I I go into all movies completely non-biased. I go off of the art of it alone. I don't care if it's about the worst things or the best things about America or any country or anything. I just go off of how good or how bad the movie is. So that's number one. But I like the idea of you know because you don't see this. You don't see foreign films come to America and get a big you know, uh, rollout. You know, yeah. usually it's the other way around. American films it's go the, to other countries and they get and, a big rollout. They yeah. big rollout. Yeah. So I like the idea of a foreign film, and it's very risky. You know what I mean? Because we don't. You know, American people might be like, I don't care about that, and then you know, that's a lot of money you're losing. But they, for some reason, have a lot of faith in this movie, and they're doing something that's kind of unusual in terms of see, us seeing a foreign film. You know, getting a big uh, blockbuster release, but. I just like the, um, you know, how ballsy it is. You know, I like when people try to do new things and stuff for the filmmaking. I mean, in the in the world of filmmaking and stuff. So I, I like the idea. I'm curious to see the movie. And it's actually smart because it makes people like me curious to see it. Like, what movie that they think they could just bring to America and think that people would want to see it? You know what I mean? So I, a person like me would want to see it regardless because I'm a movie goer. So... I mean, I'm just curious to see. 
It says, the film had its world premiere last month as the opening gala title at the Shanghai International Film Festival. It has proved mildly controversial in China, stirring nationalist sentiment over casting matters. It employs a battalion of popular young celebrities to retell the events of 100 years ago, which has sparked chatter about the appropriateness of certain stars playing venerated political figures like Mao Zedong and Zhu Enlai. Okay, so... I mean, listen, that sounds great news to me because anytime there's controversy going on, it's usually, you know, uh, because of a creator putting their art over something uh, like a statistic or something that can, you know, that's why if you think about all the great, if you think about all the great artists, they've always had controversial movies over the time because their art comes first and then anything else is an opinion, you know. So that from this article sounds like something opinionated and people aren't like caring about how good it is, but they're thinking about, oh, this is not right or this is. The- well, I think it's more of a situation where if people think that this is made by the state, like if this is not. If this was made by China themselves or like government, like if this is like a lot of overreaching things, propaganda isn't necessarily something I would consider art. And that goes for U.S. propaganda too, uh, including like wartime World War II propaganda. Well, I'm saying stuff. if it's if it's in an art form, like if you, you know, they're making it, it's a movie, so that makes it art, right? So it's like uh, now depending on how good of art it is, that's that's another thing. And depending on if they have an agenda, agenda yeah. that's another thing. But at the end of the day, it's art because it's in a movie format. I mean, it's in, yeah, it's in, it's in a movie form. So, I mean, again, it's one of the movies where I can't talk too much about it because I haven't seen it. So, I and I don't even yeah. know what it's about. Right. So yeah. like really about, so, uh, you know, but in terms of the idea of it, I like the idea, but that can change depending on if I see the movie or not. We'll see. Maybe if it lands on a Netflix where we can maybe uh, oh, check yeah, it out. I'll definitely watch it too. All right. Box office, uh, quick little box office story. F9 passes $500 million globally. It says here that F9 has the box office in Overdrive, the ninth installment in the Universal's action-packed Fast and Furious franchise, has surpassed $500 million in global ticket sales, uh, solidifying its pay, uh, place in its Hollywood's biggest theatrical hit of the pandemic era. Other than Hi Mom, which is $822 million global gross so far, and Detective Chinatown 3, what the which hell is Hi Mom? $686 million, they were both produced in China. Damn. Chinese films. China coming with it, bro. Like, Hi Mom, I don't even know what that is. It almost made a billion dollars. I've never really heard of <laughs> something that's foreign that made that kind of money and I haven't even heard of it. Like yeah, and I've Chinese heard of, movies, yeah. Everyone's, I've heard of China, China Detective China. Yeah, yeah, but Jesus Christ. I mean, and that movie did fantastic too. 686 million. These are blockbuster America made movie type of money. And yeah. like that's just crazy. China coming with it, man. China is like their theaters are fully open. Their their ticket prices are extremely high because of like their their ticket prices changes very ra- rapidly, and so when there's less attendance, the the prices goes up, and that's why they're making so much money. Um, it's the high, it's the Jeez. biggest market for theaters money wise. Um, Damn man, um, like I, that F9, makes... I think F nine made two hundred million dollars in China already. Damn, I I I really want to. Uh, go to China and see a movie now, just to see like what y'all smoking on over here. Now, just playing. Nah, but uh, yeah, that's 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 phenomenal news to me, and I, it makes me want to see like Hi Mom, and I I've been been needing to see. Uh, I've been seeing, I've been wanting, I've been knowing about the Detective Chinatown movies. Yeah, I've like been needing to see that. So yeah, that's great. 
F9 is the only movie to cross the half a billion dollar milestone since 2019. Godzilla vs. Kong, the Warner Brothers tentpole uh, that was released in April, came closest to reaching the half a billion dollar mark. But revenues for the monster mashup has stalled at $446 million globally. Uh, that's still a strong res uh, result considering Godzilla vs. Kong opened simultaneously on, in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, and after a delayed summer blockbuster season, the movie theater industry is encouraged by the in-theater assemblage for F9, though attendance, for the globe, though attendance across the globe hasn't returned to pre-pandemic levels, and mo many movies have been struggling to sell tickets at all. The turnout for F9 has proven that audiences will still show up at their local multiplex for the right movie. Uh, since it's touched uh, down in North America on June 25th, the domestic take for F9 has reached $123 million. It is the second best box office haul since the onset of COVID-19. Uh, the Paramount Pictures thrillers, A Quiet Place Part 2, which opened prior to F9, currently still holds the highest grossing title for the U.S. Uh, for the year at $145 million. So it's, it's, it's within spitting distance. I don't know if uh, A Quiet Place is going to hold the number one spot you know, for the mm. year. But, um, yeah, so F9 has crushed uh, pandemic records uh, for the box office debut, collecting $70 million on opening weekend. So Troy, what are your uh, any thoughts you wanted to give about F nine and the money it's been making? Nah, uh, I mean it, it's kind of surprising in terms of the amount of money that it's making d through the pandemic. But like we talked about last week, this uh, it's a hit, and you know, like like again, people are back in theaters. Like it's not, you know, pandemic. I don't think going forward it's gonna have a big. Um, effect on the box um, office on blockbusters, blockbuster, for sure, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. So um, I think you know it's good news for movies. We want to make a make a little, like a little side bet, be like you know, does this does this movie make uh, does Dune make more or less than F nine? See, I can't. I really <laughs> see. Here's the thing. Like for me, when Dune, like before this whole pandemic thing, it, when Dune come out, I think no doubt it was gonna make more than Fast Nine. Like the amount of buzz Dune had, mm -hmm. like it. It, it was something like I ha I wasn't seeing since like Star Wars, you know. But the problem is because of the stop and goes and with that, with the whole marketing blitzes, marketing, yeah. Like I don't know if that's you know excitement is still that there. excitement is stable where it's like people gonna see it no matter what, you know. So I think really that really that really hurts films. Like if you're marketing something and then you stop the marketing and then start the marketing back in, some people forget about it. Some people stop caring. And so who knows? Now I'm really don't know. I don't know if it's still going to be a hit. I don't even know if they're still going to do the, um, cause it's definitely not going to make money if they're still debuting on HBO max too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be this, but so we, we got to see. That's one I can't bet on. Cause I have no clue about it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm willing to bet you it's gonna be a better movie. <laughs> I, really take I that think bet. that's an easy bet. Yeah, to I'll take, take that bet. <laughs> uh, I want to say that this is like the second movie in the the U.S. to cross the uh, 100 million dollar threshold, or no, the third actually. I take that back. The third movie because the first two was A Quiet Place and Godzilla. It's like, oh, it's the you know, yeah. but I would say it's the fastest to cross the Oh, yeah, dollars. fastest. I mean, yeah, and then that's already at half a billion. Like, listen, half a billion, those are those are before pandemic numbers, type of numbers. Like, yeah. that's something a movie could do before pandemic hit. So, uh, and like, it's also the only American made movie that's done it. That's done it, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, it, that's solid. Yeah. All right. And the final release, the final, uh, uh, the final news story is not even movie related, by the way. So I don't know why I'm covering it, but it's on, it's on variety. So I was like, fuck it, let's cover it. Let's, 
Uh, Bill Cosby was released from prison as sexual assault conviction overturned by the courts. What? Okay, all right. In a stunning jurisdictional, uh, jur- in a stunning judicial reversal, Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction has been overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Pennsylvania's highest court ruled uh, Wednesday that Cosby's agreement with former prosecutor Bruce Castor in 2005 should have prevented him from being charged again. The collect quote the collective weight of these considerations led DA uh, DA Castor to conclude that unless Cosby confessed, there was insufficient credible and admissible evidence upon which any charge against Mr. Crosby, uh, Mr. Cosby, related to the Constand incident could be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, according to the decision. According to the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections, Cosby was released on Wednesday afternoon, hours after the court's decision. Cosby was charged in 2015, convicted in 2018, and was sentenced to three to 10 years in prison for raping Andrea Constand at his Philadelphia home in 2004. He had been arrested just days before the 12-year statute of limitations expired on newly unsealed evidence. At his first trial in 2017, a judge at first allowed only one other accuser to testify, and the uh, the jury was not able to reach a verdict. However, five other accusers were allowed to testify about similar allegations to Constant at the 2018 retrial, which resulted in Cosby's conviction on April 26, 2018. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled uh, Wednesday, however, that the testimony at the trial was tainted, even though a lower court found them uh, found that he had demonstrated a pattern of drugging and molesting women. The justices were concerned about the increasing uh, trend of testimonies turning into a character attacks, as the law only allows testimony in limited cases, including to show a crime pattern that is so specific it serves to identify the perpetrator. So yeah, I'm gonna stop right there. This this story is crazy as fuck. I didn't realize these details were this insane. I was just like, whoa. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of like YouTube thumbnails and like like oh my god, like Bill Cosby has been released. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to say about this? Uh, nah, not really. Just because I really don't like this stuff right here. I don't really. I'm not. I, I'm, I I'm not can't even sure have, my variety is covering about well, it. Well, because I can't have a polarizing opinion about it, and I don't really know. I'm not covering it myself. So, like, for me, it's wrong to go say, like, Bill Cosby is guilty. I see too many of that, like, Bill yeah. Cosby is guilty. Yeah, and I've it's like, that. how do you know that? And then I see too much of, like, uh, man, free Bill Cosby. I'm glad he's <laughs> out. It's like, well, how you ain't know he drugged him? Like, so it's like, and and then when you look at, the you know the how the court stuff goes it's like it's stuff in that like even in this article you just read it's stuff in it that make you kind of believe like no he probably did this shit because there's patterns and and some of the evidence but then you find out that a certain evidence that they shouldn't have been able to use or or like uh, stuff like that so it's just like i i really don't know like even listening to that i'm like i don't know if this guy's fucking (laughs) guilty or not so i'm gonna just leave it at like i don't know and it really just Oh well, you know. I, I mean, I hope if he did do that, I hope justice can come and he goes back to jail. And if he didn't do what he did, then it's good he got released. Mm-hmm. Can uh, Cosby's 2018 conviction was taken as a victory for the Me Too movement that the victim blaming of Cosby's defense has, had failed, and that the five other accusers who had been allowed to testify had helped bring the guilty verdict to bear. News of his release prompted a flood of public outrage given the weight of allegations and Cosby's long history of facing such accusations. 
the legal maneuvering around Cosby is raising new questions about whether it will have a chilling effect on sexual assault victims coming forward, particularly particularly when the case involves a high-profile figure. Uh, yeah, honestly, to tell you the truth, like my my thoughts about this is like I don't I don't know like uh, it's it's I. I it, it does feel like just again like I, I go with feeling on this one. I don't like saying that. It does feel like he's a he's like a a, a bad guy that de- deserves to be put away. Uh, but it's it's I don't know like I mean because like it's different like with the Harvey Weinstein situation like it, it's clear evidence he was a scumbag. Yeah. Like it's not it's not no way you could be like oh man Harvey Weinstein was innocent. Like there's yeah. no way you got yeah. videotapes you got confessions you got all kind of shit. Yeah. So it's like you know if you watch all you got to do is watch a documentary on Harvey Weinstein and you're like oh this dude was guilty as hell. Same with R. Kelly. You watch <laughs> you know like it, these things are so obvious and it's like factual. Like so it's like but with the Bill Cosby situation. I'm sure he did it because again, there's evidence. I mean, not evidence, but there's there. A lot of testimony. Yeah, yeah, it's things to believe that he did do that, and there's patterns, and he had a bunch of different, you know, cases that he dealt with in the past, and so it's probably sure he did it. But I don't know to actually be the guy that like no, like I can't, like again, I can't have a polarizing opinion on it. But again, that's why I said like if he did it, I hope he. Somehow they get their justice And he goes back to jail And if he didn't do it Then you know it's good he's free So Yeah uh, it's just one of those situations Where like uh, I think the I think this is more of a From what I'm reading so far It seems more of like a clerical error Like what they mm-hmm. How they decided they didn't. How they did it Or how they proceeded With what order of evidence to, mm-hmm. Is wrong Yeah And then therefore They had to they be had free to, Yeah, yeah it's So like, someone didn't do their job yeah. Right And it kind of botched the whole yeah. thing That's what it looks as re- That's what it's reading like Yeah but, uh, Yeah I don't know We'll go ahead and move on to The, the, the extra news here uh, Number one um, Halloween Kills to debut at prestigious Venice Film Festival. Number two, Black Panther Wakanda Forever begins shooting at, in Atlanta. Number three, Old Guard sequel script is complete and is set to begin filming in early 2022. Number four, Dexter Revival sees John Lithgow return as the Trinity Killer. Number five, Quentin Tarantino buys LA's Vista Theater. Number six, Richard Donner, director of Superman, The Goonies, and Lethal Weapon. Dies at the age of 91. R.I.P. Number seven, James Franco agrees to a $2.2 million settlement in sexual misconduct misconduct suit. Mm. Number eight, Jamie Lee Curtis to receive a Venice Golden Lion for for a lifetime achievement. And number nine, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the box office one more time. The box box office report, F9 remains number one at the box office with a $22.8 million second, uh, second weekend. With The Boss Baby 2 debuting at number two with $16 million, and The Forever Purge debuting at number three with $12.4 million. So, you see these nine headlines, what you got? Well, uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, the Jane Franco uh, $2.2 million lawsuit. I actually felt like this should have been in the What's the Name News, and the Bill Cosby probably should have been in the Extra News. But, James Franco, listen, uh, if to me, if you agree, if you agree to a uh, that much money, a settlement, with that much money, you probably guilty. 
You know that that's a lot of mo- that's a lot of money. Like for you to be innocent or something and say, "All right, I'm gonna pay, pay you two point two million dollars just to settle out," you're probably guilty. Because if anything, you could put that two point two million and fight your case, and then fight the fact that you know, look, I'm innocent. I didn't do this. There's no way I'm gonna even give you any kind of money at all, whatever. So for the, you to be putting that kind of money in, you're probably guilty, and you're probably hoping to somehow save your career by saying, "Look, I didn't get found guilty in this." So I, you know, it, it was just settled out in court. So that's how what it is, you know. It and says here, it's a red flag. Uh, he agreed to pay off the, the million, the two point two million, settle on October twenty nineteen lawsuit from the October twenty nineteen lawsuit, alleging he and his associates coerced students into performing explicit sex explicit sex scenes on camera. The proposed figure was revealed in the court filings and were made public on Wednesday, and a Los Angeles judge will need to approve it. Yeah, so. see, like that, you know, that to me, that that's just what that seems like to me. And uh, the other one I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, my boy. Anytime I see him, I'm gonna talk about some shit. But him <laughs> buying theaters is just always cool. That's that's all I had to say on that. And you know, that sounds like a Quentin Tarantino ass move to do is to buy a buy, movie theater. Yeah, you know to buy I mean? a movie theater. That's that's. I it. bet you this place is like very trendy or very like hipster, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. very. Uh, like, probably has, like, actual film projectors and not digital projectors. Yeah, and they probably got big posters up of classic yeah. movies and stuff. I want to go to that theater. Like, that would be one of my goals in the future, to somehow go to that theater. It looks just very trendy-ish kind of looking. Yeah, but. just because I know that it's on my Quentin Tarantino, I think the, the you're going to feel the movie love in that, for sure. I like I like his uh, his quote, Tarantino's quote here. I, I, like, I never like any theaters closing, but some of these exhibitors that are going, they fucking deserve to go. <laughs> They've taken a lot of specialness out of movies anyways. Some of these chains. Tarantino uh, told Shepard, explaining that he doesn't believe a movie theater should, quote, recreate my living room. So apparently he bought this theater because it's going out of business. And so he's saving it with his money. And he's going to, uh, the article goes on to say that there, he's expecting to open in December. So he's going to renovate it, bring it back up to snuff. And, and I bet you it's going to be a bunch of art house films. And, so, and, I, and the reason why I love that, because me and him think the same. Like, me and him feel like the, there isn't, you can't create the same value in your home of watching a movie. Like, I don't care what kind of TV you got. I don't care the size. I don't care your setup. You can't recreate the value of going to see a movie on the big screen in a big theater with big uh, surround sounds and, you know, digital projection. You can't recreate that in a home. And that's basically all he was saying in that quote right there. And I, I, think and I, will, I 100% I agree say with like, him. I would say, like, based off of what he was saying about, like, some exhibitors, I think he's saying, like, certain chains, like, are, like, doing those recliner seats and, like... Mm-hmm. They're doing like this living room experience. Well, see, I, well, I mean, I disagree with him on that because that shit is lovely. Like, if you, because uh, I've been to an old school theater where you kind of got the regular seats yeah. and other, it don't compare to when you could just. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It had like oh, it's one one theater I went to. You could warm the seat up, and it's what? like yeah, oh like God. man. So it's like nah, bro. That right there is like mixing the two. Like you getting that home feel and you getting that theater feel. So I disagree with you there, Quentin. All right, but I just want to say, Halloween Kills. Why is it being premiered at a film festival? Yeah, it I, seem like I heard a, about that too. That doesn't, doesn't seem, seem like, like a, a film festival type of movie. Yeah, but say, it's not an art house movie. But. This really could be fantastic news because if it's so good that you're putting it in the category of a not like literally, but like you know how the Joker, you oh, the yeah, Joker's yeah, so yeah. good that you could put it in the category of an art house film, even though that's a blockbuster 
superhero movie, I mean, a comic book movie. Yeah. It's so good that it got nominated for Oscar. So what if this Halloween Kills is surprisingly so good that they're trying to put it and show it in film festival type of stuff to, like, blow people's mind? I mean, that could be, you know, that, that might be great news for it. And I know the last Halloween movie was fantastic. Yeah, I just want to throw this out there. It says here... Um, we're going to make Chad proud, is what it says for uh, starting the production on Wakanda Forever. I just want to throw this out there that it kind of feels like a little bittersweet to hear. Like I can just imagine what kind of emotions the cast are feeling, um, you know, going to work and there's no Chadwick there. You know? Yeah, I mean, listen, I this is one of them movies where I gotta see it for me to to really feel. Really? Yeah, I gotta see it to feel because I'm one of listen. I'm one of these guys that I feel like if if the main character can't be there, if the if the it's similar to how I felt about when Paul Walker passed away, like if the yeah. main character can't be there, it's not like giving up to say, all right, let's not do this movie no more. It's it's saying that like we needed you to to do this. Like we you were the 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 most important piece of this whole thing, and we need you to do it, and we can't do it without you. So we're gonna honor you in a way by saying that was the last thing. Now, I'm not saying they're disrespecting Chadwick by doing the movie, but in terms of me feeling like it can work as a film without Black Panther, like you you like you go from thinking that you know we had Black Panther and then now he's passed away because Chadwick, I mean, be, the, what really happened with Chadwick Boseman passing away, I just don't see how you can write that and make that make sense. Like we just yeah. had Black Panther and now he's gone. Well, yeah. how are you going to explain that? And who's going to take over the mantle and where it really works? And, yeah. You know, so it's one of the moves where I got to see it and be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Blah, blah, blah. But just off my head, it just, I don't see how the movie could work without Chadwick Boseman, you know, so. Okay, we'll have to wait for a trailer to see what happens. Maybe the, the trailer will reveal whether or not Shuri's the new Black Panther or yeah, Shuri's yeah. the queen or whatever, Right. You know? So, yeah, that's about it for, uh, for that. And we're going to go ahead and move on to, to check this out here. Check this out. So for check this out, I am going to put us up on screen. Just no footage, no trailer, no nothing. I'm going to show the trailer to, to Troy here. It'll, he'll be, we'll be able to react to it. But we're not going to actually let you guys see what we're seeing here because of uh, copyright stuff. So sorry about that. And I don't know if I'm ever going to bring it back because I'm tired of dealing with copyright claims on the back end. So I'm going to first put up here on screen. And of course, I have all the links to all these videos in the description uh, down below in the YouTube video as well as in the show notes for the podcast listeners. We first uh, bringing up Star Wars Visions here is the first thing to talk about. Star Wars Visions is a, uh, a collection, like an anthology collection, where a bunch of different Japanese studios, and these are like big name like studios, they are all making like one like animated short in anime style um, for these Japanese uh, creators to, you know, go, go to town, go ham. And Disney, Lucasfilms, and they're just saying, here's the case of the kingdom. Go ahead and make a Star Wars story and we'll feature it in our Disney Plus anthology which is going to be coming out in September. So all of these Japanese creators, they are like doing their interviews or behind the scenes interviews and they're very excited, you know. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to see like these different art styles and different uh, like, you know, anime uh, takes on, on Star Wars. And it feels right, especially because Star Wars has definitely had some anime references in the past. And so this is perfect. It's like a match made in heaven. It feels like it's coming full circle. Uh, Troy, what are your thoughts on this? Listen, I love this. This right here, like, when I first heard about this and I heard about the Bad Batch coming, 
I was excited for the Bad Batch, but I'm way more excited for this because for to me, this is what I love. Like the, the artistic, uh, the artistic expression, expression, the way that they're taking stories and really just doing their, the story. They're not like they're not from at least based off what I understand, they're going to be separate little short stories that they're just making up. Like, yeah. you know, and so they're free to do cool shit where they're not like, oh man, we got to tie in the Darth Vader. Oh, well, yeah. we can't do this because Obi-Wan was here and blah, blah, blah. They're just, you know, they're probably going to take place a hundred years in the past or a hundred years in the future or be what if stories or whatever, yeah. but they're just telling cool, fun stories with Star Wars and doing it in anime style and just these, these great, you know, Miyazaki looking ass fucking yeah, yeah, these things. having badass sword like lightsabers and just it just I can't even explain. Some of them look like samurai films with lightsabers. You know yeah, what I mean? man, yeah. I can't explain how how excited I am for this. And what's so cool about it is like I feel like based off what we're seeing from the trailers, they're doing a fantastic job of perfectly blending Star Wars, like the Star Wars look and feel and with samurai shit. with yeah. yeah anime samurai type shit like. Like it to me, it's just it's so cool, man. Like it's it's probably one of the coolest things Disney has done with the Star Wars uh, property since they've uh, got it. You that know? is true because I've never seen an art style like this before. Yeah, with Star Wars. yeah, and and just the idea of it to say, hey, let's take this and bring this to you know some other artists and let them do what they want and free to do what they want. I mean, that's just fantastic. So, Star Wars Vision since they announced it, man, I, it was one of my top things that I've been excited for and uh the fact that it's coming out this year yeah in september i mean i'm just i'm i'm stoked like for in it. two months yeah and I'm also stoked. by the way just want to throw this out there really do go and check this out if you guys haven't seen the trailer go in and go to that link in the description and uh and check it out because it is definitely like one of those things where you have to see it and i'm so sorry that my very first episode where i'm like no more trailer footage on screen star wars vision which looks so fucking cool is not on screen yeah <laughs> So there you go. There you go. So well, yeah. I want to say that there's a there's a Porky Pig uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy. The people at, at Warner Brothers uh, uh, released an official clip of the movie online, and it's Porky the uh, Porky Pig rapping as the no notorious uh, P.I.G. Pig. Be like, and it is so like it's looking like they're trying to look like Eight Mile, but it's like Kitty version Eight Mile, and it's so whack looking like. He's like, uh, he's doing a little stutter thing when he first starts, like, and, then, and he starts going into his, like, flow and stuff like that. It's just so, like, uh, it just, it's, this scene, like, you, you're, the whole purpose of releasing this scene online is to promote the movie and to make people want to watch the movie. This makes me want to watch the movie less, <laughs> by the way. I don't know, you haven't, I don't know if you've actually seen the clip or not. But, nah, like, I haven't seen this. But just looking man. at it as a silent version, Listen, like, it just... I, I, one, the, in terms of what's good about it, the, the visuals look fantastic. You know, I really like the style they went with and the, the way it looks. Um... But yeah, it definitely looks very cheesy, very <laughs> corny. And listen, a lot of people forget the first original Space Jam, no disrespect, was terrible. <laughs> so I, I don't think they really going to put a lot of value into making sure this movie is a really good movie. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, so don't check it out or don't. Do or don't, because I just want to say that. It was like, I kind of I kind of regretted watching that, that clip, by the now, way. Now, don't breathe too? Oh, yeah. 
see. Don't Breathe 2. So apparently nah. this movie is getting a sequel, which is nah. kind of interesting because it's making the villain of the first movie kind of like the hero yeah. of this movie. By yeah, way. yeah. I don't know. Does it does it feel like it's a prequel or do you think it's happening afterwards? I think it's happening afterwards. But I mean, I don't know. I can't really tell. It could very well be a prequel. But one of the things that was so clever about it is Don't Breathe 1 was such a good movie. But what was so clever about Don't Breathe one was he necessarily wasn't the villain but in context he was the villain yeah. because remember they broke into his house, his house and yeah. he's just trying to defend him like he's a they broke into the wrong yeah, dude's but, house you but know he was a kidnapper so you know what I but mean? Yeah, yeah true but uh um what was he a kidnapper yeah, he was a girl chained up in his basement Oh yeah, I see I forgot all about that. I haven't seen it in so long. But but regardless um regardless is it's like they taking that and you know turning it on his head and yeah. now it's like it's a villain villain and he's kind of like the guy defending, defending I mean, yeah so it's kind of saving like, his daughter i guess right so um you or know, i guess it's his daughter i'm assuming but uh don't, this has to be a prequel this has to, yeah, yeah it probably is a prequel but uh don't breathe one was a fantastic i love don't breathe uh one it was so um unique and uh and clever and uh, i like you know that they're doing a sequel and the trailer looks great so yeah, yeah. i'm excited for it all right well uh definitely uh if you have seen the first movie, go ahead and check out this trailer. It definitely uh, gives Stephen Lang more of a platform. We're going to move on to Beckett, which is a Netflix original film coming out. Let's see. Let me double check here. August 13th. And it stars John David Washington. And he is going, him and his wife are on a vacation, like somewhere. And then next thing you know, they're just being like hunted down or whatever. And I don't know. It seems like a very crazy, like espionage esque, a little thriller kind of thing going on. Um, I don't know. Have you seen this trailer? And what are your what are your thoughts? No, nah, I seen uh, some clips because uh, I seen it like scrolling down something. I seen it. It was an article about it and stuff. But um, it seems like it's a uh, it seems like a good movie based off the little that I have seen. And also, John David Washington has been one of these guys where he's really good at picking movies. Yeah. And like, I get excited about actors in the movies they be in more than the actors themselves. Like, I look at their resume and be like, oh, this dude was being in such good movies, you know? And I look at the movies he's been in, like uh, Black Klansman and Tenet. Like, he's been, been doing a good job of picking movies. So, I'm pretty sure he's, you know, if he's going to be in it, I'm sure it's something that was about as good. And that actress right there that he's acting with, she's an amazing actress she, it's, uh, Alicia Vikander she's Tomb Raider <laughs> yeah but not even her I'm talking about the other actress um like uh she's like a I forgot what she's she's another foreign actress oh, okay. but the um she was in another Paul Thomas Anderson movie and she was great in that and I haven't seen her in nothing really since then so it was good to see her in something else uh, I can't think of her name but she was in Phantom Thread her mm -hmm. right there but uh oh Vicky of Creeps yeah, I think yeah, that's her name. That's her name right there, Creeps or something like that. But yeah, she's a fantastic actress. So I'm excited. This seems right. like, it seems good. Cool, cool. This looks like a good uh, a good movie. Like this might not even qualify as a Netflix movie in that traditional sense. Oh, it's good for a Netflix movie. No, to, well, I mean Netflix. Like to, to be fair, Netflix be making some good movies too. They just sprink sprinkle Sprinkled. in with a bunch of garbage. So, so yeah, uh, a little uh, a little more Irishman, a little less. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, bright. bright oh yeah yeah uh, was it bright, bright. Yeah. it was just bright, it was bright by yeah. itself well, with Will Smith yeah. trash so, yeah. yeah so a little less a little less bright yeah. a little more a little more Irishman Irishman yeah, Irish, yeah. So, <laughs> 
Yeah, I think uh, Netflix is starting to get away from that. Oh, it's 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 good for a Netflix movie. Yeah, uh, they, they starting. To, I mean, they starting to make films. They starting to make films. Yeah. I mean, Roma and you know, Marriage Story. Oh yeah, that's the right. Irishman. Oh, yeah, like they came that. with some shit. Like even the Zack Snyder movie he just did. So. All right, The Many Saints of Newark, uh, which is also colon A Soprano's Tale. Uh, we talked about it last week about how like uh, Dune got uh, shifted because this movie took its release date or whatever. Oh, like, this the movie that did that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I saw this trailer, and this trailer didn't really do anything for me because, number one, I've never seen The Sopranos, so these characters name-dropping, like, oh, Tony Soprano and all this stuff, like, it does nothing for me, and this trailer just kind of seems like a... A run-of-the-mill like mob story movie. Mm. Um, it's not very exciting. It doesn't even feel like it's been shot like particularly like like I don't know. Mm. But it's got like fam- famous actors like John Berthold and Vera Farmiga and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't really have anything to say about that. Do you? No, nah, I haven't seen it. So I, yeah, I don't got nothing to say about it. All right. Well, let's see. Let me double check here. It says it's coming out October first. Okay. Yeah, that's the same. That was the release date that Dune had. Um, and finally, the last or actually the second to last trailer, Clifford the Big Red Dog. This trailer dropped immediately after we posted the, the last week's episode. And, oh, uh, shoot. They're doing a Clifford movie? Wait, you've never seen the trailer? No. It literally came out like, okay. So in this trailer, like a little girl gets like a dog, you know, as a present or whatever. And, um, you know, I guess somebody says like, oh, how big is this dog going to be? And then somebody tells her, oh, as, as big as, uh, as you, as, uh, as big as uh, uh, you love her, I love him, whatever. And so she oh like, oh my god! And so she said to, uh, yeah, like that old man says, like as much as you love him, that's how big they'll grow. And so she like makes like a wish or whatever, where she's like crying, and then she has like a little tear fall on the dog's, uh, you know, face or body or whatever, and it's a little magical tear. And then so she wakes look, up, and now it's a giant ass fucking dog. Nah, know? I ain't gonna lie. I, this looks. T- I mean, look, I don't know how good the story is, but this looks. T- the CGI looks terrible to me. I don't. I I grew up on Clifford, and um, I it, it just looks bad based <laughs> based off what I'm seeing in the trailer. It looks very bad. The the CGI looks bad. Um, I don't know. I it sucks because uh, this is my childhood. I ho- I would hope this is a good movie. I would hope this is a good movie. But based off what I'm seeing, they just going outside <laughs> with a big dog like ain't nothing ever happened. Thompson yeah, they bet. bring him in. Oh my god. Yeah, th- it looks bad. I'm not gonna lie. The the CGI is just awful. It's it's <laughs> it's beyond just bad. It's atrocious. So I don't know. Oh I, my god! He's I'm gonna play dis- fetch with this. Uh, you know, like he can be in those like little balls inside of. Oh yeah. And now he's gonna. <laughs> yeah, like this is. Oh man, yeah. I, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because Clifford is actually a movie I would want to be really good because that's my childhood. I grew up on Clifford. <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're just, just watching eat. this. Oh my. We're watching this dumb scene. So, <laughs> so bad. We're, okay, you guys can't see what we're seeing, but yeah, it's it's a very. Um, uh, cheesy, Bad scene, cheesy yeah. movie. movie yeah. I did, this trailer didn't also. This trailer made me not want to watch this movie. By yeah, the way. like it's crazy because <laughs> if you just say, "Oh, it's a Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. movie," I'm be, "Oh, oh shit, okay. I want to see that." Like, "Oh, Clifford," and then I watch the trailer and I lose all anticipation for it. <laughs> September seventeenth. You don't have to wait that long, or you do. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Jolt. I don't have much to say about Jolt. It's got uh, was it Kate Beckinsale? It's an Amazon. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale. It's an Amazon Prime movie coming out literally later this month. So they're literally dropping a trailer just before the movie comes out on July 23rd. And it's about a movie about a, her character. Um, 
she, uh, I guess she has anger issues, I guess. And so she has to shock herself to like prevent her from like going in full rage mode, like, or whatever. So she just some sort of like randomly just gets angry at times and she just starts attacking people like, you know. Um, and so, yeah, this is a, this is a movie where she just lets go of her rage and she just starts going ham and just starts attacking people. I don't know why, but yeah. That's, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, let me read this description here. Uh, a bouncer with anger management, an anger management problem goes on a revenge-fueled rampage after the murder of a friend. Okay. It's Kate Beckinsale, Stanley Chuchi, uh, Bobby Cavanaugh, and Jai Courtney. And I also think I saw Susan Sarandon in this trailer, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> All right. Next up is just images. I have uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home suits have been revealed because of toys. So I'm going to be able to put this on screen because it's not a trailer. And I just want to say that um, it is the summertime. It's July right now. The toy companies were probably going to be set to release in July because of the COVID delays or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they were like, well, fuck it. We're going to put our toys out because we're not going to delay our toys. So the toys are out. And so we know we have a better idea of how Spider-Man is going to look like in No Way Home. So there is a black and gold Spider-Man suit in here, but I'm going to show you this. There's this, there's this new Spider-Man suit, suit right here that looks something out of, uh, uh, it looks something out of like Spider-Man far, uh, far from home where it's slightly modified. It's not the same. Uh, you can sort of see it here. And then, uh, yeah, this is the one right that here. That looks fucking clean. Uh, and so you can see here, he's got like some, uh, some Doctor Strange powers going on here. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fucking clean. Um, so there's that. Doctor Strange is going to be in it, right? Yeah, yeah. So Doctor Strange is going to uh, uh, give him some uh, upgrades there. And also, this is the black and gold Spider-Man suit right here. That shit's fucking clean. So That's fucking dope. We And then also, this is a casual Doctor Strange in a jeans and a t-shirt, by the way. Yeah. He's still got the Eye of Agamotto, even though the Time Stone has been destroyed in, in an endgame. But, you know, there you go. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So it looks cool. I mean, I it, it's just I'm so sick. Like, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing they can do about it. I don't think. But I just I'm so sick of stuff being revealed and spoiled through toys. Like, <laughs> like I want to see. I want to at least be able to see this first in a trailer. In a trailer, yeah. where I could be like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking at how dope that is. Like, imagine you seeing that for the first time either in the movie. Or on in the trailer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most likely it'd be in the trailer because they're not, you know, they they gonna want to show you pretty much everything before you get to the movie. Look at that! Yeah. Look at this, Spider Man. Oh, do you think Spider Man's gonna have gold web, like gold webbing? I don't know because some of the stuff they do for for the toys, you know, for the sake of the toys, they make it like I, like I doubt he's gonna have like a helicopter damn thing. Well, you know? I think this is well, I think this one specifically. No, that's is a vulture. Vulture, but I'm talking about that. The like, drone, a spider yeah, drone. Yeah, like I doubt he has it. They like some shit be toys and they make extra but uh but still i just be wishing i you know toys wouldn't reveal this shit like it's like and why do i don't understand why do toys need to show you like the toys should just release like what on the day of like why they gotta have a like be shown months before it came because when the toys gonna come out uh, they're already out. Oh, they're they're out? oh, they're out? Oh, okay, okay, they're out already. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Well, because, like, the original release date for the movie was supposed to be July, so they were timing it, so the movie got delayed, but the toys didn't. They just like, fuck it, we're gonna still put the toys out. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. But it looks phenomenal, though. Like, though, that suit looks cool. That's one of the things that the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man merger, I've loved every single suit. And that's one of the things they've been doing so well, especially. You know what's kind of funny? Like in the Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire, he had the same Spider-Man suit for the whole trilogy. And, and then this one, it's like a you different know, one every, every time. Every movie. I mean, I like that. I like that. 
mainly because like you might as well give us like how it'd be in a car- comic or a cartoon where it'll be like you know different styles and different fun stuff to be like oh look at it like I like the idea of Toby okay. wearing the same suit but I like the idea like if you're gonna have Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe you might as well always have like one of his characters that he's meeting with like that's how it's been like Spider-Man I mean Iron Man gave him the Iron Spider suit so yeah. he was like had that that was cool and he gave him his regular suit yeah. so it had like some cool shit to it then he was with uh, uh, Nick Fury even though it was fake Nick Fury he was with Nick Fury so he had the black like the uh, the black uh, kind of suit that he had in that, yeah. yeah so for like for spying, sp- spies, the spy espionage, and now you seeing now he's with, um, he's gonna be with Doctor Strange. He got some cool like Doctor Strange integrated. Shit. Yeah, it's I think that's called the integrated suit because it's suit. integrating with his magic. Yeah, so like to me, I like the idea that you might as well play with that if you're gonna have Spider Man for the first time in the cinematic universe with other characters. Play with that Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man was in his own universe and his own, so it, it made more sense for him to have his one suit you know because yeah. he made it by itself and it's just a regular suit yeah so that's cool i just want to say prediction is this this black and gold one is going to be for uh electro for jimmy fox electro oh you think so yeah. oh yeah that might be that might be all right so we're gonna go ahead and move on uh let's see here uh uh yeah all right there is no topic of the show so we're gonna go straight to netflix and chill Oh, I didn't realize we were this far. Uh, we were already an hour and 40 minutes into the show. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show with the last two segments here. Yes. All right. Netflix and chill. We're going to go ahead and let's go. I actually pull up Netflix on my. Uh, here we go. Let's go to Netflix.com and take a look and see what the top 10 movies uh, and top 10 streaming services. Oh, I'm going to have to mute that. All right. Where is it at? Where is it at? Did I skip it? Oh, right, here we go. Number one on uh, on uh, on Netflix is Manifest, and I'm gonna mute that. There we go. M- Manifest is number one. Number two is Sex Life. Number three is Fear Street Part One, 1994. I am surprised it did not debut at number one. I was calling it for number one. Yeah, but, at number three. Well, number you gotta three. understand, that's a lot of horny people out here. Sex Life. I'm surprised <laughs> that ain't number one. Like, <laughs> whatever that is, a lot of people watching it. Uh, a friend, friend of ours, we know, we both know Daniel. Daniel told me that he watched Manifest, and he thought he showed, He told me the show was actually good, and I'm like, fuck! I'm, everyone's everyone's yeah. hoping that Netflix. I don't know. Like he wanted them, he wanted them guys that had bad taste, so you can uh, you can never know what Daniel. Uh, so, you know, oh, Dan, you know, Daniel listens to the show. Oh, he gonna come I, for you for I, that. I mean, I'm just he he know I'm being real. Yeah. <laughs> so Manifest, Manifest, the first two seasons are on Netflix, and he told me that you can watch all of season three. On Hulu, so there you go. Uh, number four is Mother's Day, which is a Jennifer Aniston movie. I, I believe it was Jennifer Aniston and Kate Hudson and Julia Roberts. Um, I don't know why, but Mother's Day was like in May, so I don't know why it's trending. Uh, <laughs> too hot to handle. Apparently, this is a situation where, like, in order for you to win win uh, the prize money, you have to have sex, which is what? like, what the fuck? You know, what? like this is this is a little bit like, ooh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> This is weird, bro. Because ain't that like prostitute? Like, what the hell's <laughs> going on? Like, isn't that pimping or prostitution? You gotta have sex for money? Like, what? Oh, Netflix no. be on some shit right Netflix, now. Netflix, boy. It's a, ne- it's a, it's like at the, uh, the branding right here. Netflix series. What's the synopsis? On a, on the shores of paradise, gorgeous singles meet and mingle. But there's a twist. To win a hundred thousand dollar grand prize money, they'll have to give up sex. <laughs> what? That is absurd to me, man. 
number six is the ice road. <laughs> number seven is uh, the Bureau of Magical Things. Number eight is fatherhood. So it's kind of funny. Mother's Day and fatherhood are in the same top ten. Uh, yeah. uh, number nine is Coco Melon. And number ten is Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Hey, that boy. Hey, Coco Melon. <laughs> <laughs> Still in the top ten. By the way, I just want to say this right now. Uh, when I was looking at the the, the chart, the 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 t- uh, fuck, Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, I saw that it's gonna be next month in August. It's turning fifteen years old. What? Talladega Nights. Oh really? Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. It's literally like a month away from turning fifteen. Man, that shit's crazy. So yeah, I just want to say, uh, I guess I don't really have much to shout out. I really, I really wanted to have Fear Street uh, impressions today, so I'm gonna have to give two movies impressions oh, next week. That's what I gotta, cause that's the trilogy. Yeah, right? the trilogy. Yeah. I gotta watch that. I'm, I'm gonna mark that now, cause I yeah. wanna watch that. Did you watch it? No, I, well, I was busy this week. We're weekend, busy. Yeah. yeah, man. Like, but I'm, I, next week we're gonna have two impressions. We're Fear gonna Street. have them impressions. Yeah, at least of one of them. I ain't gonna have a whole trilogy, but. At least a one or two of them down. For well, sure. ne- okay, yeah. The first one came out this week, this past Friday. The second oh, one is this Friday, and then yeah, the next so Friday is the third so, one. So yeah, I'm at least have. By the one time of next show happens, only two of them will be out. out. Okay. Um, there's that. All right, there are top ten things on iTunes. Also, why the hell did I close out Netflix? Let me go back to Netflix here. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, pull up the movies here. So it's the same top five. Uh, we're just sort of weeding out the. Uh, Weeding out the, uh, the the series yeah. and the top ten movies are in order: Fear Street, Mother's Day, Ice Road, Fatherhood, Talladega Nights. You know, carryovers. Mm-hmm. And then we got Kung Fu Panda One, Damn. Terminator Two, Judgment Day. Oh no, that's disrespectful. Why what? is it way at number seven? <laughs> what the hell? Are y'all smoking? That's t- Terminator 2 Judgment Day number 7. Y'all can't even get in the top five? Go back to the top five. What's up there that need to go? Like, this what? don't make no sense. Take uh, fatherhood. Take any of this shit. Mother's Day. What are we doing? Like, come on, man. We need to get that in the top five by next week. For real. So, Tay, look. I'm just saying right now. We talked about it. Just, what, how, did, how did it turn? 20, 30, 30 uh, yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, We talked about it on Back to the Future. Yeah. 1991. So, that was 30 yeah, years ago. Yeah, 30 years ago. 30-year yeah. classic. And make need, it trending on Netflix. On that, its man, it's, that's great. But we need it in the top five. Wish Dragon number eight. Number nine is Kung Fu Panda 2. And number 10 is The Best of Enemies. Uh, I think I remember this trailer where, like, you know, this guy was racist to, to Raji. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember this trailer. Yeah, I remember this trailer. We talked about it here on the show. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that, to tell you the truth. Yeah, we talked about it on the show. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. And then we're going to go ahead and move on to the top 10 things on iTunes. And not a whole lot going on in there, but I will say, from last week on number 10, uh, this is the wrong, wrong, wrong link here. All right. Last week at number 10 was Godzilla versus Kong. And now it jumped from number 10. Oh. To number three. It was at number two last time I checked it, by the way. So it only went it got, down one. Yeah. That's solid for a whole week. And, you know, the reason why it jumped up was because of uh, it went to rental. Because oh, yeah. Because you get to, when you were on the chart, you were only buying it. Yeah. Now you can rent it. Rent it. Uh, well, still, for it to still be at number three, that's solid. Yeah. So number one is Nobody. Number two is Till Death. Um, I may watch it. I don't know. Uh yeah, whatever. I don't know. Megan Fox. I ain't trying to watch no Megan Fox. <laughs> number four is Wrath of Man. Number five is Independence Day. Ooh, Ooh yeah. We, we talked about that too, okay. didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. It, it just turned 25. Damn, a lot of shit that's kind of. Hey, like, that's how you know. With some of classic, it's still going to be. That's because yesterday was Independence Day. That's why. That's why. Yes, yeah. yeah. But uh, number, crazy. S- number six is The Courier. Number seven is. 
Independence Day resurgence. Why would they? Oh, see, nah, that's taking it too far, right there. <laughs> I know it was just Fourth of July, but y'all taking it too far now. Like, there's no reason for that atrocious movie to be on any list. <laughs> Why is it still making money? I bet you it's a situation where like you, uh, you is a double pack or whatever. A uh, double pack, or uh, some people probably just not really reading and thinking it's just Independence Day because they kind of got the background looking sort of similar. You know what I'm saying? Big ass alien. Yeah, spaceship. so they probably like, oh, get Independence Day, and that's a resurgence. What's that? <laughs> oh, uh, number eight is Cruella. Number nine is Lansky, and of all things, number ten, ugh, Barb and Star go to Visto del Mar. I saw this trailer way back in the day, and I thought very little of this movie, and I don't know why it's trending. <laughs> uh, but also, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the movies that did it, that got yeeted off the list from last week here. So I'm going to say right here, uh, The Misfits, the Nick Cannon movie, you, know, oh, yeah. you, you really hate it, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, um, let's see what else. The Marksman has been on the, the list for like a long time, now it's been yeeted off. And finally, um, I just want to say, this was only on the list for one week. Demon Slayer. I thought Demon Slayer would get got, more love than yeah, that. Yeah, it literally, it really, it went from like the top ten last week to number twenty. I'm gonna write those down. This one, I need to see Demon Slayer, and I need to see uh, what's in I. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and uh, and move on, move along to our um, our uh, recommendations here. And I actually don't have a much of a recommendation. I have a quick story to tell you. Um, so I was at the cookout for, for, for 4th of July yeah. and one of them, the movie that was put on in the background was the Fast and the Furious 1. Oh man, and, that's and a classic. The Fast and the Furious 1, uh, was interesting in the sense that, um, the, one of the people I was there at the cookout with, she could recite the movie line by line. <laughs> she knew every line like straight up. Out of she all said, the Fast and Furious, she said she that, that. Uh, I, she grew up watching that movie on DVD on repeat. Uh, on oh, repeat, like. yeah. I, I watched it a lot too, man. I love uh, the first Fast and Furious movie. I really do. Like, it makes me miss those times when they were in a regular world. You know, what <laughs> I mean? like it wasn't yeah. a super like a sci-fi movie or some shit. But yeah, that movie was a like it, it's a classic. I like. I it's crazy because. I'm one of the only people that like the first one and the second one. Like, Ugh. I, I feel Ugh. like, yeah, I like the first one and Dude, the second one. the second one where he's like, Paul, Paul Walker's like, bruh. You know, yeah, like, well, he's like, like cuh. Yeah. He's like, yeah, forget about a cuh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he turned him black. Like, they made him a real one. Like, I said, yeah, he a real yeah, one. That was, yeah, that was dumb. Like, it was so, it was so cringy. Like, I, I watched I, the scenes of it, like, playing on, on TV the other day. Yeah, man, but uh, that first one, as much as I liked the second one, I did like the first one. It was uh, it was more of a um, a movie, like an actual. It wasn't about being a blockbuster. It was yeah. like a, it was a movie. You know what I'm saying? It, with a plot and an actual like story <laughs> developing and stuff like that. So I saw I saw the scene. I just remember I just replayed the scene in my head with John ja Rule. He's like Menage. He like Monica. Monica. No. <laughs> And then at the end, she like, fuck you, nigga, you didn't win. Because before that, he's like, you can get all this if you win. Yeah. But if you win, you get her too. You get her too. And at the end, fuck you, nigga, you didn't win. Yeah, man, I, I ain't going to lie. Like, I, Oh, my God, there's so many scenes of... where it's like whether winning, whether an inch or a mile, winning is winning. Winning is oh, winning, yeah. And the yeah, part yeah. where he's like, hey, yo, there's a burger at this point. You go there now. He's like, I like the tuna here. No one likes the tuna here. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. And I like what the scene was like, I almost had you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it was it was, uh, it was was just a fun, it was a fun, good movie. It, it really brings back that nostalgia, for sure. So, yeah, that's my recommendation for the week on uh, on HBO Max, 
all of the Fast and the Furious one through eight are on HBO Max right now. Oh, really? Well, guess what? I didn't have a recommendation this week because of uh, because of Fourth of July, but now I recommend you watch. Too fast, too <laughs> furious. You know what I'm saying? Like, go back, y'all go back and watch the second two uh Fast second and right. Furious movie. And uh it was the first Fast and Furious With that Tyrese. used that used the number as the title because yeah. you have you know you got fast nine, fast five, oh, yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. It was the first one that put too fast, too furious. Like they was clever with it. Like and then we was speaking about that earlier, how like that's a good way to be clever. Like, you know, too fast, they put two, so you knew it was the second fast and furious movie. Movie, yeah. So they put the number two in it, but uh, um, yeah. but yeah. So you know, Tyrese was introduced in that one. Ludacris uh, was introduced in that one, and he's been in so many. Him and Tyrese. They been need to in bring something. back Eva Mendes. I swear. About oh it. yeah, Eva Mendes. Yeah, she was in that one, and uh, I lo- I liked her character in that one too. And they brought her in for a post credit scene in Fast Five. Fast Five. I forgot no, about that. that. Yeah, just, that's it. I'm like, that's, that's it. it. And you're not gonna bring her back. And anymore? then that's the thing. I thought she was gonna be a six, and yeah. then like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> she was just a cool cameo. But uh, yeah, man, uh, and they need to bring back the. Asian guy too, like the Asian guy that wor- used to work in the garage with Tish, like the, the oh I forgot about him, yeah with the bald head. They bring him back, man, and uh, yeah, so that was like one of the, it, it really it was cool because when you watch Fast Five, that's what made Fast Five feel like Avengers because you had yeah. like the characters From that was fast, in the first too one fast, and Too Fast Too yeah. Furious and and, and then yeah. Tokyo, uh, Tokyo Drift and then and Five he brought them all together. It felt like Avengers, like oh man, yeah. they're bringing everyone in, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the guy from Fast One, like Vince. Vince, Vince was yeah, never he, in any of the movies. And in so him, Fast but in Fast Five, yeah, so he and, came back. He and came then, back, yeah. and then of course his sister came back yeah. in Fast Five, and then. Um, well, he, she was in Fast Four as well, you know, Jordana Bruce. Oh yeah, she was in Fast Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but forgot I'm about like, that. It's but like yeah, a culmination. It's like yeah, and, and yeah. So two, you go back and watch two. That's like going back and watch like Captain America: The First Avengers <laughs> or something. Like, like you see when they I first was introduced. You I don't know? think it's aged well. I mean, come on, man. All listen, that bright cut. Listen, it, it, it didn't age well. I'm not gonna sit here and defend this movie, but. <laughs> It's just fun. It's a guilty movie pleasure. You can go back and have fun with it. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I honestly, I should have recommended this like a week or two ago when Fef Nine came out because I didn't know the entire. Damn, Fast I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know until you just said it. I just found that right so, now. So yeah, you can watch. I don't know if Hobbs and Shaw is on there. I didn't check, but I saw that the main lines are in there. So yeah, you can watch yeah, them all. the main ones. So uh, yeah, go ahead and watch the Fast and the Furious catch up. If you haven't seen F Nine in theaters, watch them all. Right there at your at your uh, your conveniences, since I didn't buy any of them bitches on Blu-ray, so you know. <laughs> um, we'll go ahead and move on to new releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's you all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. <laughs> What the? You heard it. You heard it. Nah, you, had, bro, you nah. literally timed it twice. Nah, I, like I, I literally just we done done this show so many times, man. That like you gotta realize that, man. You, I, I swear to God, he had to hear because he doesn't. Nah, probably, for that video, for the people that don't watch it on video, he doesn't have the headphones on. He can't hear the, yeah, the sound effects. Trust me, like I've done this show so many times, like I know the timing of it. Like <laughs> holy shit! Oh my god. Okay, yeah. So new releases. I'm gonna go ahead and read the as a as a 
you know, I always do this when I miss a movie, I go back and read the blurb. The Tomorrow War came out on July 2nd on Amazon Prime. A man is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront his past. That is a very accurate synopsis. Uh, the film stars Chris Pratt, Yvonne Strahovski, J.K. Simmons, Betty Gilpin, Sam Richardson, Edwin Hodge, and Mary Lynn Ricecub. All right, and now for the rest of the new releases, I'm sort of like you know scraping the bottom of the barrel because there was really only like one <laughs> new release that I that was you know we'll, we'll get even to even relevant even relevant yeah um, the good the part and the Loki which is a, a, a short coming out on Disney Plus on July 7th. It's about Loki. Loki teams up with Bart Simpson after being banished from Asgard, creating a crossover event that pays homage to the heroes and villains of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I like the name, the good, the Bart, the Loki. That's like the good, the, the bad, bad, the ugly. ugly. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. The, the short stars Tom Hiddleston as Loki. So. Oh, that's, cr- that's cool. Yeah, so apparently they got him to voice his, uh, his own character. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, Disney, since they bought Fox, you know, they can do this. This full, like this, crossover shit. Yeah, this is crazy. That's you know? crazy. Uh, Monsters at Work, episodes one and two, drop, drop on July 7th on Disney+. Plus. Uh, set after the events of Monsters, Inc., the city of Monstropolis is making the transition to be fueled by the sound of laughter. Tyler Tuskman, a recent scare major graduate from Monsters University, working as a mechanic in the facility's team, dreams of working alongside his idols Mike Wazowski and James P. Sully Sullivan. So, yeah, uh, whatever. I don't really... Yeah. I'm not really excited for it. Me either. The series stars John Goodman, Billy Crystal, Haley Steinfeld, John Ratzenberger, Jennifer Tilly, Mindy Kaling, Kaling uh, Aisha Tyler, Bonnie Hunt, and Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy himself. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know who Gabriel Iglesias is? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not really, I don't even think I'm even going to bother watching it. I'm not even going to talk about it on yeah, the show. Yeah, me either. I have, I have no. I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, honestly, like, they should have just done Monsters. Mo- uh, uh, Monsters Inc. Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, Black Widow is the the pick of the week. Uh, comes out this Friday on July 9th in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access. I'm probably gonna watch it at home, unfortunately. Man, I'm 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 glad. I'm just glad the movie's coming out, man. Finally, it's, it's been through so much. It's been pushed back so much. It came. It got hit with the whole COVID. One of the big movies that got hit with the COVID. And, uh, Do you I'm, think it's gonna overdo seventy million dollars past Fast Nine? No, I'm actually. Sure I'm one of the guys. Remember, you don't remember my prediction. I think I I, I predicted that this movie was gonna be the lowest. Um, oh yeah, you did. The, the I, lowest Marvel movie for predictions off. episodes. I put uh, Black Widow as the number one high. I think I put number one. Number one for my highest grossing summer movie. Oh oh, for the highest grossing, yeah. But uh, I I I don't think this movie is gonna do so well, but. This one, I'm, I could be wrong. I've been wrong already recently when I said I didn't think a quiet, a place, quiet place, yeah, was gonna make the money that it did or whatever I predicted. So I could be wrong, but I actually don't think this is gonna be doing too well. But since it's the only thing that's really gonna be showing in theaters that's big, yeah, that it might bring everyone out. So who knows? Yeah, actually, it does. It has the theaters to itself. Everything else is streaming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Black Widow. Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. The film stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, O.T. Fangbengel? I can't pronounce that. William Hurt, Ray Winstone, and Rachel Weisz. 
Um, yeah, I'd say probably like the pick of the week, but no, no doubt. We'll probably Easily. have inv- uh, impressions for you. Uh, maybe. I yeah, yeah. Say. I mean, for sure. I'm, right. I'm definitely going to watch it. All right. And finally, uh, rounding it out is Fear Street 1978 Part 2, which is coming out this Friday on July 9th on Netflix. A summer of fun turns into a gruesome fight for survival as a killer terrorizes Camp Nightwing in the cursed town of Shadyside. The film stars Olivia Welsh, Benjamin Flores Jr., Jordana Spiro. All four of those actors, or yeah, all three of those actors, were in the first movie. So I'm guessing they're going to cameo or like be flashbacks or whatever, flash forwards. Um, and then the people that are new to this movie are Sadie Sink, Emily Rudd, McCabe Sly, and Gillian Jacobs. So yeah, that's it. I think uh, we'll we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Yeah. And uh, now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. So no sound effect for you, uh, movie people. So it's you, we've been muted anyways for uh, for YouTube purposes. So. We'll go ahead and wrap it up here. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember, remember you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88 and Troy. At BracyTroy58. So don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time. Mm-hmm.